0: Welcome to another episode of MTG Rants. I almost said the old name again. I thought I'd gotten out of it. I thought I got out of the, the habit, but there was like that that moment of hesitation where like muscle memory almost took over. Yeah.
1: I'm, I imagine that will continue
0: happening for the rest of your life. For the rest of my life? Yes. Oh man, that's 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 a lot. I don't know what I think. I, I'm trying to like discern what you mean by this statement. I know you don't mean anything by it, but it's like either I'm going to have a short life or this is the longest running magic podcast of all time. Y- yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I actually got it at the exact same time as you. Um, I'm super excited about today's episode. Um, we're going to be doing uh, one of my favorite things that's talking about cards before we get to play with them. You know, we're talking about the spoiler that's out. And i I didn't expect us to have this many cards spoiled. And also, I'm going to have Twitter up on my extra monitor here because I think cards are getting spoiled during our show today. We're recording. It's about what, 5.30 your time, 4.30 my time on a Thursday afternoon, you just, you know, you got done with Versus for the day, but I think at 5 o'clock my time, more cards were getting spoiled or something like that, I think they were, like, going live on Twitch or something, I don't know, so Wizards yeah, doing something. that's a thing that they reversed. do. Yeah, so we may have, like, you know, Ross or I might freak out in the middle of an episode, the episode today, is something cool gets spoiled, but, um, that's what we're gonna do today, we're gonna be talking about, uh, Modern Horizons 2, if you haven't heard about some of these cards that are getting spoiled, um... A lot of people are complaining and making jokes about the set of it being, like, a commander set. And, yeah, it does kind of have that feeling. But I'm actually pretty excited about this set so far overall. Um, You know, before we get, you know, I'll I'll get more into that in a minute. Uh, Before we get into the magic stuff, I got to admit, I was real worried about today's episode. If the Jazz didn't win their game last night, like if Donovan Mitchell didn't play, if they didn't play great or something like that. And I knew that your your mood would have been significantly sour versus what it was going to be today if they were 1-1 in their
1: series. No, uh, every the the basketball universe was righted to some degree last night with mm-hmm. with Utah's win. It looked like it was going to be nice and comfortable. They they had a twenty point lead at halftime, you know, really dominating. And then Memphis came out in the third quarter and literally could not miss.
0: Yeah, Ja' put up what like forty seven. Yeah, I was supposed to say four. I supposed to say forty eight. Yeah, I know he put up yeah. almost fifty last night. He yeah. he took uh, twenty time, free
1: throws, but
0: yeah, yeah. And
1: somehow the Memphis fans are all complaining about how they got screwed by the refs. I, doesn't really jive with me, but Mm -hmm. you know, the Memphis literally could not miss in the, in the third Mm -hmm. quarter. At one point they scored on, I think 15 straight possessions to start. uh, That's, that's good. Yeah. Which is on like this is the, if you, if you take out garbage time, uh, from the regular season, Utah had the number one defense in terms of points allowed per 100 possessions and Memphis was seventh. So this is supposed to be a defensive, you know, knock them down, drag it out series. And last night ended up being 141 to 129. So if you had the over last night.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Not a score you'd expect from, you know, what this was touted to be exactly. Like also like uh, Utah doesn't generally play games like that either. Like I don't watch every game and but just looking at the box scores during the year. You don't usually see the games where like, you know, 280 points get scored.
1: Oh, that's mainly because their defense has been yeah. great. For when they, a couple of years ago, they were a very slow paced all defense team. And if you were a gambler, you just took the under on every Jazz game. Yeah. Um, that's changed a little. They've started playing. That's what, why they're, they've gotten a lot better, especially this year is they started getting in transition more. Mm-hmm. They're not really like when you think about like running down the court and getting in transition, you think about attacking the rim and getting layups which is traditionally, you know, how transition offense works. But the Jazz actually just sprint to the corners of the floor and shoot open threes in transition, yeah, which yeah. they're way better at doing than, uh, uh, you know, getting to the rim, because they're just not fast or athletic compared to other teams. You know, outside yeah. of Donovan Mitchell, they're not fast. And outside of yep. Donovan and Rudy Gobert, they're not athletic. And so, you know... You know, Donovan's basically the only person on the team that, that's running, you know, sprinting to the rim in transition. Bogey and Joe Ingles and Rose O'Neal are just run to the corners that, you know, we'll make a move towards the, the basket. Whoever's back will get sucked in and, and we'll dish to the corner. But they they went up by 20 and then the lead fell to two with like four minutes left in the third quarter. And I'm freaking out. Like, how could this happen again? Because they were up 14 early in game one. And it looked like it was going to be easy coast and then it just fell apart and it just looked like it was happening again, but on a, you know, a grander scale. And then Rudy came in and dominated the rest of the game and it was great.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know if you could hear it at all during that, but my dog was making some noise in the room. She, uh, as soon as we started, she walked into the room with a toy in her mouth and is like looking at me like, yo, we're like supposed to play. And I probably should have played with her a little bit before we started recording, um, I don't know if anybody follows me on Twitter or on here and saw what's been going on around my house lately, but uh, my dog's having a rough time the last two days because... have, have you Did you see my tweet yesterday about the birds? Uh, no. So I got attacked by a bird yesterday, like legit attacked by a bird, and it happened again today. Um, we're about to call like the wildlife people or whatever because I talked to one of my neighbors and it happened to them too. There are two birds outside my house that every time I go outside they get within a foot of me, like they, they dive bomb me. It's actually like scary. I yelled the first time it happened because like something flew into my face, like yelled at me because they make this like screeching noise and I could feel it go by. And like, you know, you see the shadow happening and like, you know, I'm a human being my like, you know, my normal like flight or fight response, or whatever, you know, goes off and, you know, I screamed like a little, a, little, a little kid or whatever. And I can't let my dog outside, you know, cause like I don't want them to attack my dog or whatever. I don't know if it's because they they have a nest near, or what, but I'm not used to birds being like this kind of aggressive. I saw them messing with another bird, like a bigger bird in the neighborhood. I don't know if that was like if they're the kids and they're learning from this one, or what. like, I don't know what's going on. Are these like wild birds, or are they domesticated birds? I don't know, so I'm not a... How how big are these birds? They're small. Like, they're small. Like, they're smaller than my head. They're like little sleek birds, right? But like, it's not a robin. You know what I mean? It's not like a bird that's tr- like you look at and you're like, oh, that's a bird that's is gonna chill. Like I think they could be like baby hawks or something like that, because they're really sleek. They're like gray or silver or something like that, and they're like really sleek. But the way it is is like they'll fly and I'll see them for a second, right? And they'll circle and then it's like it's like it's straight out of a movie. The thing looks at me and it just dives at me. And it's actually fucking scary, Ross. Like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't go outside. I can't, like, walk my dog. It, it it attacked my neighbor, too. She was like, yeah, it was within a foot of my face. And, like, I don't know if the bird will actually touch me or mess with me. But, like, I don't want to find out. Yeah. You know. I, anytime
1: animals are, like, unnecessarily aggressive like that, I just always assume that it's a mother protecting mm-hmm. young.
0: Mm-hmm. And I don't know if these are fully grown or not. Like, they, they could be babies or they could be fully grown. Because, like, with birds, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like... I'm not, what is it, like an ornithological scientist, you know, or whatever. Ornithologist. Um, yeah, I'm not an ornithologist. Yeah, there we go. I'm not an ist of birds, okay? So, um, I don't know what to do. I'm talking to my wife about it. We're talking about, like, we may just have to call the wildlife people to, like, because I don't want to, like, hurt the... She was like, yeah, if you walk Benny, just, like, bring a stick with you or something, you know? And I'm like, I don't want to kill this damn animal, because it's probably just protecting its nest, honestly. Like, it's probably protecting something. Like, if it if it's reacting this way for this long... Something pissed it off, or I'm doing something. But, like, I went and walked around my house. I don't see a nest, but, like, I saw them, like, a couple houses over. And maybe they're just, like, protecting this whole area. I don't know. But it's it's kind of surreal and weird. I feel like I'm in, like, a Hitchcock movie or something. I don't know what's going on. Like... I'm worried about my dog and my dog, like I'm getting pissed off because like, I can't like, you know, my dog wants to play or something. And sometimes, you know, we go outside and run around the neighborhood. I can't just let the, do- like when she needs to use the restroom, usually like I'll open the door, I'll do something inside and she'll use the restroom and she'll come inside. Cause she knows she gets a treat. So she knows to come in. Now I have to like literally stand next to her when she goes outside, to use the bathroom. Cause I'm like worried about, you know, an animal attacking my dog. Cause she's very small, you know, like, and, and all that crazy stuff, because like in my area, I'm sure like it, it happens. There's like you know you hear horror stories about people getting their dogs taken by large birds and stuff too. You know my dog's probably a little big for that, but I think you know a fully grown like eagle or something could get my dog. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to talk about birds anymore. Ross is pissing me off, and I it's something I don't want to deal with. You know what I mean? Like you're like really this is this is what the 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 annoyance of my life is right now. The fact that I can't go outside my house because I'm gonna be attacked by birds. You know, it's. It's kind of weird, right? Like, you didn't expect to talk about that today, did you?
1: Yeah, I didn't expect to be in a Hitchcock film. Or well, exactly. at least hear about you being in a Hitchcock film.
0: And, like, honestly, I did, like, actually yelp today. And my neighbor heard it, and they were like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I just got really close. I wasn't expecting it. Like, I turned around, and the thing was literally diving at me. You know what I mean?
1: This is actually weird, too, because in the last maybe four or five days, I've had a couple of birds just hanging out on my stairs, And they're not aggressive at all. Every time I walk by them, they fly away into a nearby tree and, you know, everything's fine. But every time I, if I'm out of that, if I'm inside my house and leave after a while, or if I'm outside and come home, they're just always there. They just like hanging out on the stairs, I guess. But my birds are a lot nicer than yours, I
0: guess. It's probably related because I remember someone responded, because I put this up on like Twitter or like Discord or something, and someone responded to it that uh, it's like the time of year for that. You know, like, where I think they're nesting or maybe coming out of nesting, you know, and they, like, they have babies and stuff, they're just, like, you know, it's just a, a response or whatever, but it's just so strange, right? Like, I i i don't know what
1: to do. Well, the, right. the takeaway is that birds in Roanoke are a lot nicer than birds in Baton Rouge.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a lot hotter here, so that's probably why it's so fucking hot outside it, right now. It has
1: been hot and humid here, but probably not at the same level. its It's All been, right. a, like, high 80s, low 90s here.
0: Well, speaking of small woodland creatures... And speaking of Modern Horizons 2, spoilers. Did you like the segue, by the way? Because I know you, you're going to oh love it God. and hate it. It's if you squirrels. like squirrels, Modern Horizons 2 is for you. And Ross, I know you like squirrels. Okay, so my,
1: my issue is not wasn't with specifically squirrels, the squirrel yeah. theme in the set. Like, sure, people like early. squirrels. Yeah, but like, you know, I woke up Monday morning... And I'm just like, okay, I'm going to see what cool cards get previewed and I'm going to, you know, find one that I'm sure is interesting to me and I'm going to write about it and I'll start brewing some decks and it'll be great. And I'm just excited that, like, you know, my my content is pretty easy. Like, but preview season is just an easy time to write. Because every week I, you know, I just, you know, pick a card that I've already probably been thinking about because that's, you know, what I do. And I'm just, you know, constantly brewing decks
0: and then I just the write about writes it. Its, the stuff almost writes itself,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it yeah. okay. is, it, it, you know, it is, it's stuff, I, and it's just stuff I've done so many times over the years that, like, I know what I'm, know exactly what I'm doing, and so, but then, like, you know, nothing is there, I just look and see, like, 17 different fucking squirrel cards, and a bunch of cards that I'm just like, yeah, this one's not good, they're like, you know, I get what the cards are doing, but I'm like, yeah, this one's not good, this one's not good, uh, and, so I'm like, okay, maybe something shows up in an hour or two, and just nothing ever showed up. So I ended up having my article pushed back. You know, we're recording on a Thursday. My stuff normally goes up Tuesday. It's not even up yet. So I think it's going up tomorrow. Uh, I, I ended up writing about Goblin Bombardment. If that's a nice. card that you like, as I've you know just dove headfirst into Racto Sacrifice guy status.
0: Yeah, it's it's a card that you think you're like this is a card that's never actually been in Modern. This is a card that could actually impact Modern out of the set. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Dude, I get—I gave Corey the business today with some Mayhem Devils, and that was even a de- oh. in a deck without Goblin Bombardment. So, maybe Mayhem Devil is just a an unsung hero. So, yeah, I got some cool Bombardment decks coming. Uh, you know, by the time y'all are listening to this, that that article should be up. So, check that out. Um, yeah, I just like, woke up and saw 17 Squirrel cards. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And, it, you know, it just, it made, it just made my week so much harder because also trying to get deckless in for verses like, I want as many cool cards to build decks for verses as I possibly can. And so we ended up, you know, really pushing back as much as we could to get deckless in. And that, you know, that delayed the people at the office. So we inconvenienced them, which I never like to do.
0: Right. So yeah, I've just had, had, had
1: like a, a bad, yeah. I've had a more stressful week than I otherwise would have liked. And I blame the squirrels.
0: Okay, sure. They will take the brunt of it. Um, we have a, we, we have a, you know, I, I alluded to this at the beginning of the show. We have a card that just got spoiled that I think is going to be good. um The white incarnation just got spoiled and we'll go into what that means uh, during this. So like, I guess we'll just go into this cycle of cards. um There is a elemental incarnation in every color so far, uh but we only have the blue and black ones, correct? Before this one just got spoiled, which is the white one. Yeah. I think. All right. And... So these kind of remind me of the ones, like, you know, back in the day of, you know, what was it, Guile and Dread and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, they do, like, an iconic thing from that color pie, but it's also a big creature. Yeah. And all so far, all of these have had, all of them have flashed so far, right? Like, the, the the blue and the black one both have flash, I think. Yes. No, the, this one all- the, the black one doesn't. Alright, because this the, the white one here also has flash. Okay, I'm just gonna read the damn card. So the white one yeah. just got spoiled. The white one obviously it's, has flash if you once you see what it does. Yeah, it's uh it's five mana, so it's three and two white for a three-two with flash and lifelink. Um it also has evoke, like all the other ones do, where you exile a card of its color from your hand. So this the white one, so obviously you exile a white card from your hand. Um this one when it comes into when it enters the battlefield, it uh source the pile shares of creatures. It exiles another target creature. That creature's controller gains life equal to its power, um, and that's that's not conditional. That just happens.
1: And, and importantly, it says up to one, so you, you can still cast this card as just a three-two if your opponent has creatures and you don't, or if you have creatures and your opponent doesn't, without having to exile one of yours. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you know, it just effectively swords to plowshares. So we got unmask. Now we're getting, you know, a way for them to put swords to plowshares in modern when just putting plow, I think, would have been really bad for the format. This is a way for them to do it, you know, without letting, like, blue-white control have too good of a a cheap removal spell. This one is actually really cool because I've been looking for a, um, so one, I've been looking for, uh, I've been building taxes decks without and Arbiter recently. Okay. Uh, right? Because I think we have enough good cards to build those style of decks with that Arbiter and just make them like good mid-range decks. They could still have some mana denial, like because blue gives you Merchant Stockhand, but with red you get Imperial Recruiter now, which is kind of cool. Um, but in, in the lists that I have, you know, and, and they could all be Yorian decks to generate extra value too because Yorin's uh, so good with Ether But now without, um, Lean and Arbiter, Path to Exile is really bad. You just keep giving people extra mana. It's particularly bad if you're trying to do any mana denial with Thalia and Rishit and Dockhand. Uh, and so I played a deck like that on Versus Day. I was really unimpressed with Path to Exile. This would be a great card for that deck because you can do things like, you know, one, you can exile a, a you know, a creature early, which is great, but you can also just cast it at five mana, Violet in at five mana. You can blink it with Yorian. You can evoke this card and that with a violent play and ca- and violent flicker wisp. With the trigger on the stack, and get your get your two for two that you know costs you no mana. Um, you, could, you
0: you could also do the ephemerate trick that a lot of people are trying to trying to make happen yep. with these cards. Yep.
1: Yeah, maybe you go. Maybe you, this deck becomes an ephemerate deck because this uh, certainly works with that. Yep.
0: It uh, works of Restoration Angel as well. If you have that in your deck, you can, like, Violin Restoration Angel when you cast this, or when you evoke it, or you can just cast Restoration Angel if you have four mana in play. There's there's a lot of things you can do with these cards.
1: I'm in, I'm in for this. It Also, I love that it costs five mana, so it's not, like, too too cheap to cast normally, but it yeah. also dodges Fatal Push. I,
0: th- sure. I think four would be actually just too cheap for this card. Yeah, like, I agree. I, I re- I, yeah, I really do. And, you know, I'm glad that you brought up the Taxes decks, because... Um, you know, you, you've seen me in our, our team chat with Brendan DeCandio saying that, like, I actually think there's a, a Taxes deck somewhere that might actually be pretty good and modern with a lot of the new cards getting printed, you know, with the the white incarnation and the black incarnation both being big players in this deck. And, you know, we'll talk about some of the white removal that's been previewed so far in the set that is also just very, very, very good. Like, I believe that white the white removal in this set has been a huge upgrade to the white removal that has been available in in modern in the past and like, they're just actually actively good, especially with like Eorion, Like you said, we can get to that too. But you know, I think about these these elements incarnation decks and all these cool things you can do with them, right? Like you talk about ephemerate, you talk about with uh, aether vial, you talk about like, you know, restoration angel, Yorion, like all these cool things, right? Like, and this is a true mid range deck that you can do and I start to think about cards that go along with it. Like some of the Eldrazi and taxes, cards, you know, I think about thought, not seer, I think about Eldrazi displacer with some of these cards, and the black uh, processor card that gives something minus three, minus three when you, like, return an exiled card from their, you know, exile zone to the graveyard or whatever. And if Modern is, like, mid-rangey enough that this deck can keep up, I-, I think it's pretty good, right? Because, like, if you think about it versus some of the other decks that are a little bit faster where, like, you don't need to be as mid-rangey, like, you still have access to Inquisition of Kozilek and Thought Seas into, like, you know, Thought Not Seer. And stuff like that and like i don't see combo decks beating that kind of draw right you know and then against the other mid-range decks you just have this huge inherent value engine going on and it's very very good right and there's a lot of ways to build it i'm not the person to build it here but you know like if you have the lean arbiter version or not you know if you play stuff like ghost quarter and path to exile or you can play this other stuff as your removal because there's a lot of good removal in black if you play black and white together or if you just play mono white there's a lot of cool things you can do here and that's a deck that has been on, like, the outskirts of Modern for, what, about, like, six years now? You know, I actually I actually played Eldrazi and Taxes, like, at an open and did really well before, just because I have an unnatural love for the card Thought Not Seer. I think it's very, very good. You know, a lot of matchups. It ends the game very quickly. I think Burn is going to be a pretty popular deck, and uh, what's it called? And Prowers should be prop- popular decks going in the future, and this is a deck that can actually probably stack up pretty well against that deck. If you think about going like Inquisition into some other card that interacts into like one of these elemental cards against Prowess, I don't know if they can beat those draws. You know, not to mention even um I forgot to mention the the new what is it elite spellcaster, or the Paulo Victor Damadorosa card from the newest set. Every time I play that card, I'm more and more impressed. Like every single time, because I think in modern it's practically a counter spell. Like it's practically a thought not seer. And yeah, the, then
1: the two mana tax is is right. much more taxing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's another card that's good with you orion another card that's good with blinking it in any kind of way of like ephemerate because here's the thing if you're going to play these elemental incarnation cards with ephemerate your deck needs to also be good with ephemerate when you don't draw those cards right like you need to ephemerate not to just be like a random combo card with like a four or eight of in your deck it needs to be good versus a lot of the other stuff you know and you start thinking about like you know some of your favorite white creatures of all time you know one drops and make clues you know like but then it's like can we lean into thalia if we're doing that because otherwise, you know, the deck that I'm talking about is just like almost mono creatures and a few cheap spells. And so like Thalia becomes better in that kind of shell or maybe you play it in your sideboard. You know, I've had decks where I've had Thalia in my sideboard before because like in certain matchups, I just want Thalia. You know, and I don't mind paying two mana for an Inquisition in that matchup if I need to, you know, kind of thing. So um, to me, that is like one of the decks that I'm seeing getting possibly pushed a little bit harder out of this. It hasn't overtly been like you know, a card's been printed where you're like, yes, this immediately goes into this deck and makes it better kind of thing.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think I think those sort of Taxa-style decks, and it's going to be weird because everyone has an idea of how they're built. You know, Lean and Arbiter is a central piece of them, but I actually think it's a card that is holding the archetype back because uh, it's just not a very good card. And you can now just you know, build a similar deck that is more of just a mid-range good interaction deck, And, you know, the cards are there to do that, whereas they weren't before, which is why you have to rely on the gimmicky Arbiter. The main issue in going that route is that your Tron matchup really suffers. So the list I played on Versus today, which was Azorius, had Rishid and Dockhand and and Spreading Seas. I was also playing Field of Ruin. So you still had a a good amount of disruption for the the Tron engine. This, like the mono-white version that I'm envisioning, really wouldn't. Uh, so you'd have to figure out something for the Tron matchup, but Tron isn't very good right now. So like, I, I don't think you'd, you'd have to worry about having a bot, a bad Tron matchup.
0: Yeah. And, and depending on the versions you're playing, if, if you play the version with Eldrazi in it, you're going to need so many like colorless lands, lands that produce, uh you know, the mana for, for Eldrazi creatures that you generally just backdoor yourself into a deck that has a decent Tron matchup because you play stuff like Ghost Quarter, you play stuff like Field of Run anyway. You know, I'm thinking about like, you know, like the mono white version, if you were to play, you know, Thought at Seer and uh, Eldrazi Displacer because you need that many, you know, colorless things. You're like, well, I'll just play the good colorless lands that have abilities that are just going to be decent in this, in this format. You know, Yeah. And then that's honestly, I don't, if honestly I, I don't or think or I would play the Eldrazi, but yeah. Well, it just, yeah, that, yeah, that it that just matters. I just like Thought Not Seer so much raw. Stop, stop stepping on my dreams. But you're probably right. But um, go ahead. Are you about to say something else? No, I was just
1: going to say that if we, you know, if we did the white incarnation. We might as well cover the other two.
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and cover the other two. Um, the black one originally got probably got some of the most visceral reactions to cards I've seen uh, coming out. Uh, I think one of the most common things I said that I saw this this will be the first card banned out of MH two. Uh, why don't you go ahead and re- do you have it in front of you? Can you? Yeah, read it?
1: Yeah, I've off? got. So it's called Grief, uh, two black, black three two elemental incarnation has menace. When grief enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non-land card from it. That player discards that card and, of course, has evoke exile a black card from your hand. So, essentially, an unmask for those of us who are very old and remember casting unmask. But this one, you know, the, the obvious combo that everyone's talking about with ephemerate. And the the really big issue with this combo is that even if your opponent is on the play and has, you know, fetch land, leave it up with a push or a red source lightning bolt, to, you know, ostensibly break up the Ephemerate, the Evoke trigger and the ETB trigger, you're allowed to stack in whatever order you want. You could put the Evoke trigger at the bottom of the stack, resolve the first discard trigger, take that removal spell and then Ephemerate, and if your opponent tries to cast the removal spell, you can Ephemerate in response. So they really have to have two removal spells yeah, in their opening yeah. hand that they can cast for whatever their whatever their land produces to just stop the Grief-Ephemerate combo. And if they don't stop it, then you're effectively trading your the black card you exile to pay the evoke cost and your ephemerate for two of their cards. Oh no, you're actually you're getting three of their cards. So you're trading those two for three. So you're up to you're up a card in card advantage, and you got a three two. So you're actually up two cards in terms of card advantage, and you've gotten some tempo because you've done that, you've made the three two and forced all of those trades for one mana. You've invested one mana into all of this. We, we play. A, Corey played a deck with these, uh, and I won the match three two. Spoiler alert! But he won the two games where he played Grief Ephemerate on turn one, and lost the other three games. <laughs> oh, because big it, surprise! <laughs> and the, the the thing was, after the Grief Ephemerate happened, I literally had no decisions for the rest of the game because I was just playing off the top. Like I would keep a three spell, you know, four land hand, and I just
0: had no spells. And I'm just like, okay, I hope the top of my deck is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it was not. <laughs> it was not. And not to mention, I mean, it is a 3-2 with Menace. So, like, this can end the game relatively quickly, too. This like, is like
1: a, del- like, you got a, a, a flipped Delver and three Thought seizes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and so, like, that's what people are kind of, you know, comparing this card to, is it's going to feel like Delver or whatever, right? It's going to feel like something like that. And, you know, even even in, uh, you know, you, we're, we're talking about this mostly in Fair Shells in decks that are fair, right? And I'm thinking about, you know, how you compare this to Unmask, and Unmask is never played in a fair deck in Legacy. When it's played in a deck, it's played in like Red, Black, or Animator, because they are trying to kill you as quickly as possible, and they need to do it with the least amount of mana as possible, right? So they're not having to commit mana to what they're doing. So I'm wondering if a deck like Gorio's Vengeance is going to start getting more popular or better in the format, because it now, you don't have to like, you know, Thoughtseize on one, and then somehow still get something into your graveyard, and then Corio's Vengeance. You know, you you have an extra step in here that's f- technically free. You know, that doesn't cost you actual mana, and so this might you might see an uptick in decks like that because a card like this pushes that kind of deck.
1: Yeah, and it, and it's weird too because we saw it last year in Modern Horizons one or two years ago with Force of Negation, and we actually see it in the Blue Incarnation too, um, subtlety. These are, they were specifically designed to not be able to be used to protect your combo, right? Force negation is only free on their turn. Subtlety only hits Creatures and Planeswalkers, which is like not usually what you need to counter when you're a combo deck, right? Uh, so it was very clear to me that in their design, they wanted to have these free spells, Uh, because they, you know, they're cool and powerful and people like playing with them, but they didn't want them to lead to a degenerate combo heavy metagame. But grief is somehow an exception. Like this is a card that fits very well, like you said, into combo decks. So that, that scares me. It also, you know, if I had more faith in Watsy, maybe it would make me feel at ease about it and saying like, well, if they tested it and let it in, it's probably fine. But we all know how that goes. Um, so this is definitely the card that, Still, even though it was one of the earliest cards previewed, is the most worrisome to me. And if if I were to put odds on, you know, cards getting banned, Grief would have the, you know, the the lowest odds, I guess. So that It would be the most likely to be yeah, banned. Yeah, the
0: best odds, yeah. Yeah. So,
1: uh, um, like, it, it's a, this is a good fucking card.
0: Yeah, I, I think Grief for me so far is probably the best card in the set. Like, if, as if we had to make a top eight right now, I think Grief would be both of our number ones. Um, if yeah. You, if you, especially if you put them individually, if you are not just like all the elemental incarnations are number one, you know, cause they're all going to be good. I assume, you know, like we'll see what the green one does. Maybe it just ramps you or something. And like, which is going to be absurdly busted too, you know, like yeah, that something. Should, but that, that should not be what the green one does. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you never know, you never know like what they're doing here because like what, like, like when you think about what, you know, these, cause think about what they've done so far. Right. And so I'm going to read off subtlety real quick, right? Subtlety is flash flying three, three for two blue, blue. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, you choose up to one target creature spell or planeswalker spell, and it puts on top... Uh, that owner puts on on the top or bottom of their library. So it's, you know, something on the stack or whatever, and you can evoke it for on a blue card. Yeah, so that's important. Because it says
1: spell yeah. in the text of the ability, yeah. you only target things that are on the stack. So right. you can't just, you know, so take exactly. a creature off the battlefield. Yeah.
0: So the black one is Unmask. On this is memory lapse. Sort of. Yeah. It's, uh, like, it's remove soul lapse. You know, or, and um, then... What's the what's the what, one that they printed reject? Recently? It's reject soul labs because reject yeah. gets planeswalkers, creatures, or whatever. And then the white one is source of plowshares. So like the red one might be damaged base if I had to guess. Yeah, I, it I think like it's going to be like a
1: lightning bolt or something. I think it might be
0: arc lightning, but like we'll see. Because I think lightning bolt is is maybe too uh, too. I don't know. If that's maybe that's maybe that's too good. I don't know. We'll see. I don't, I yeah, shock. I, I
1: assume the red one is going to be some sort of damage it's, spell.
0: But then what does the green one do? Gain life? Like, that's way too weak. You know? Like, you yeah, not Because if you're thinking about the classic thing of magic, right? And all of these have been, like, the, like you know, you're thinking revised, you know, beta, alpha, like, the way the color pie worked, the way they fit. Green is gaining life. Is it, is it going to be, like, an eternal
1: witness, a regrowth?
0: I think you can regrowth. I think that's maybe... Mm, whew. Now thinking about that, that makes some some combo decks pretty broken too. If you have enough green cards in your deck, but like maybe that maybe that's the yeah, thing is you don't. But have it's hard green to put a lot of green deck. cards in your combo deck, right? Yeah. If your only green cards are pretty much the four of that card yeah, and
1: four mana morphos.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can see a deck and I can see a deck in like Legacy using like those four, like four Once Upon a Times yeah, and like four Elvish Spirit going, Guide and just going ham. Like they're just like yeah, like these like. You know, you think of the decks right before they started, they, like, right before they fixed the, the Valkyrie rule, like, that kind of deck. Yeah. Like, it just goes but, all but in. what are you, it.
1: like, regrowing in your combo deck, too? Like, re- re- literal regrowth is a card, and it doesn't see any play,
0: right? It, uh, maybe vintage. You start doing it in vintage, and it's just, like, I mean, because they do play it in vintage in, like, 93, 94, and stuff like that. So, like, I don't know. You um, know, like, this card wouldn't be legal enough for it. But you get yeah. him saying, like, w- oh. what is the green one going to do? And that's, maybe it makes some tokens. I don't fucking know, because it said it's so token heavy. So, we'll see. But out of the three that we've seen so far, maybe it, uh, maybe it like fights a creature because all, all the, all the, the ones
1: so far are all interactive, right? Like they all take, they all trade for a card. Mm -hmm. So it seems to me like that all five are going to trade for a card in some way. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's like a disenchant, but they already have force of vigor.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. uh, I'm going to interrupt again. They just previewed a bunch of new cards and some of them are reprints or are, are printed into modern cards. So, um, you know, we're talking about, you know, combos and whatever, and I'm oh, not a big fan. Oh, they did. They,
1: I'm kind of surprised they did this one. People have are talked you, about it. Are
0: you talking about Solitary Confinement? Yeah. So Solitary Confinement is now a modern legal card. Uh, for those at home that may not know this, and thankfully you don't if you don't. It's two and a white. It's an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice Solitary Confinement unless you discard a card. You skip your draw step. You have Shroud, and it prevents all damage will be dealt to you. Um, I don't want to go too like deep into this, but this is a card, again, that's never done anything fair. And then when this is in play, you are dead. Your opponent yeah. is dead because they're going to lock you there, there,
1: there are two places where this card has seen play, and both of them are available in Modern. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were both extended decks back in the 2000s. Yeah. The first one is um, the the epic spell, Enduring Ideal.
0: Yeah, and then the other one was just called Solitary Confinement, pretty much. Yeah. Well,
1: it's, it's, it was called Cal. Because it was confinement, yeah. assault, loam. Seismic assault, life from the loam, solitary yeah. confinement. And you, and the key is that you need cycling lands, which we do have. We have the one-mana ones. Even if we didn't have those, you, you'd have enough t- the cycling duels to maybe make it work. Yeah. Um. So, you, you know, you skip your draw steps. You can't dredge during your draw step, but every turn you just loam back some cycling lands, cycle one of them, dredge off Literally. that... And that keeps the solitary confinement on the battlefield. That said, I don't think this is going to be C play. Like, if you remember, like, 10, 15 years ago, it was a lot harder to destroy artifacts and enchantments. Yes. Like, it was really only disenchant effects, but they weren't really stapled to other playable, like, things. Now that we have things like Vanishing Verse and, you know, Abrade, Culligan's Command, um, what are the other destroyed, like, enchantment things... I'm sure. I'm I mean, sure there's, just there's so many. Yeah, there's some. Yeah, there's there's plenty. There's just a million. I mean, like rip, abrupt rip apart decay. Might,
0: rip apart might start getting played.
1: Yeah, rip apart. Yeah. Assassins trophy. Like all, all of these cards.
0: Now, you say that about the stuff being easy to blow up. Uh, a card that also just got previewed is Sterling Grove. And this not only protects that card, but works with it. Sterling Grove is a, another enchantment that's green white. It says enchantment. Well, it says other enchantments you control have shroud. And then it has uh, one Sacrifice Sterling Grove, search your library for an enchantment card, reveal it, shuffle, put it on top. Yeah. So you can find your Sizing Assault or your Solitaire Confinement. Yeah. yeah. So lots of lots of cool stuff going on there. I'm not looking forward to losing to that. We um, also got
1: Enchantress's presence. That's new to modern, right? Because it was in Onslaught. Yeah. So yep. that's, so, they're, so. They're, they're, you can do an Enchantress thing too. That's another way to use Confinement. Like Enchantress of Presence, to an a green enchantment. When you cast an enchantment spell, draw a card. We we don't have Wild Growth, but you have Utopia Sprawl.
0: Which was quietly becoming very good in modern lately anyway. Yeah,
1: people... Well, the, the thing is, there's just so many Lava Darts around that mm-hmm. there weren't many mana creatures. And everybody yeah. realized Utopia Sprawl is the only mana creature they can't Lava Dart. So... Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, speaking of creatures that get Lava Darted, Esper Sentinel... Just got previewed. It's a one mana human soldier for one one. It's a one one, and it's an artifact creature. And it says, Whenever an opponent casts their first non creature spell each turn, draw a card unless that player plays X or X is Esper Sentinel's power. So this is just, uh, what's what's the commander card? The blue one that everybody plays? Ristic Study? Ristic Study, yeah. Yeah, so this is just like kind of Ristic Study. So I can see this being possibly a sideboard card in some matchups where, like, you know, if your opponent is, you know, uh, a, a not creature deck in Mon or whatever, right? And you're like a death and taxes deck. But like this is a card that, you know, you could play and you're not embarrassed about it, right? Like it's a one, one for one, it can attack. You can probably, you know, uh, make it grow in some way, shape or form. It's an artifact. So if that matters in your deck, that's, that's cool. But the fact that it's going to be drawing extra cards for you over the span of the game is, is a big plus.
1: Yeah, the, the, you know, I could see playing this in affinity. You can, you know, pump it with master of uh, the what's the two minute one, one that taps to put counters on all the artifacts
0: uh yeah i know steel overseer yeah steel uh, overseer, you yeah.
1: know pump it with all manner of things to, to help that out but you can also protect it with welding jar which is something i like people are playing more counter spells these days so s percentiles is going to be better when they're trying to cast spells on, bo- on both sides of their turn it's mm-hmm. good against these decks that are trying to bobble you all the time um it's, it's card oh, you can return tax. with lyrus
0: dude because like i can't tell you how many times i've sat next to a commander game and heard people did you pay one did you pay one did you pay one and you're gonna hear that in modern tournaments now i'm not i'm not excited about that um, did you see the other new. New old, to modern? Yeah, Neven-Year-Old Disc. Yeah, and so this is the one that we talked about. Um, you know, that kind of fits in. what We are talking about like another old school, oldie but goodie. You know, this is a card that is very iconic in the history of magic and is going to be uh, modern legal for the first time. This is a four-man artifact that enters the battlefield tapped. And you can pay one to destroy all artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. Uh, very One tap so, so Yeah, you, you know, it's, tap it, it's yeah. sort of a
1: suspend one uh, yeah. sweeper. Yeah,
0: and there's ways in modern to untap your artifacts and stuff, so if you need this in your deck and, like, you're a war deck, you might be able to have a way to combo it, whatever, you know, um, just as, like, so you could have a tutorable wrath kind of effect. To be noted about this card, it does not destroy Planeswalkers because this was printed 15 years before the first Planeswalker was printed or whatever, so... So to
1: me, this does not play well with War of An Invention because war decks want to, you know, flood the battlefield with cheap artifacts, but what it does play well with is Karn the Great Creator you can you can tutor for a copy of this and have a good sweeper that might be preferable to like oblivion stone or something that doesn't even deal doesn't even kill your own carn so I, I think i think this is an interesting Karn target not much more than that
0: no definitely i think that's uh, you know just thinking about it like off the top of my head i didn't even get to the carn thing yet and that's a that's a spot where i can really see the shine um this one might not matter much for actual modern itself. We'll see. But there is a card new to modern that's getting reprinted in this set. And I think this card just needed a reprint anyway. And that's Cabal Coffers. Um, I don't know if you've seen the price of this card recently, Ross. It was $100. This. Yeah, because it is a Commander staple.
1: It's uncommon, Tannin. It's $100. Yeah, it's
0: only been printed twice and only once in an actual set.
1: Yeah. In so, February uh, of 2002.
0: Yeah, I remember when these used to be like last pick cards in draft, and they're a hundred dollars now. But you know, I remember when I used to have like thirty Aether vials too from drafting Mirrodin a lot. So this is one of the things that happens. Um, so I think this is a reprint that needed to happen. Uh, there's a new borderless art that looks amazing. So if you if you're into like you know specific arts for your kind of cards, really cool um, upgrade there. Uh, there's there's some other. I'm just gonna kind of like go through a lot of the cards on the on the on the spoiler as much as we can because you know there's gonna be stuff previewed now. And, you know, we got to go all the way back to the beginning. Um, a few interesting cards got previewed. Like, uh, do you see Unmarked Grave? Yeah, this
1: is the Colorless Black Sorcery. Search your library for a non-legendary creature card. Or non-legendary permanent card.
0: It's just a non-legendary card, yeah.
1: Non-legendary card, so you can put a spell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and put it into your graveyard. So so they're attempted like a fixed-in tomb. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been There's trying cool to figure stuff. out exactly what to do with it. Like, there, there are some cool things, but like... There's Life not
0: loam, you know, like something along those lines, maybe. I'm but just it's, thinking, it's like more how re-animator. good is that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like th- the problem is, is like all the good reanimator targets, everything you want to get that's like super high impact is a legend. Yeah, Gristle,
1: Brand, Iona, Norn are the yeah. three that you know from. But there, there are some good ones. Lizlin had a had a good thread on Twitter of just like good non legendary creatures to find. Um, the the other thing that I thought about doing with it is Protean Hulk. Because you can just turn two entomb Protein hulk, turn three footsteps of the Gorio, and kill them.
0: Yeah, lots of so lots of combo ways to kill with that. So yeah.
1: th- that's sort of like a devoted druid esque combo, right? Two drop mm-hmm. into three drop. You beat removal spells, but you don't beat graveyard hate.
0: Yeah, but you you get unmask in your deck now.
1: Yeah, you can play, and you you I mean you can play unmask and have a one mana discard spell.
0: Yeah, listen. <laughs> we get to play grief now. Let's just like let's call the card what it is. But you get to play unmask, but it's grief. So. Um, I'm going to have a lot of grief playing against that card. I'll tell you that. Uh, so Unmarked Grave is a card that when I look at it, like, you know, I'm like, I'm worried, but I'm not worried. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Maybe we play Ransack the Lab in
0: this deck. Yeah. This, that's too much for me to think about right now, but you get what I'm saying. This is a card that is interesting. Um, they printed another like Demonic Tutor-esque card in this set, but this is a cool one. This is Profane Tutor and it has no mana cost because it has, has suspend two for one in the black and then you Demonic Tutor. And this is an interesting one where, you know, everyone keeps talking about is Shardless Bug ever going to show up in this format? You know, is Shardless Agent ever going to happen? And this is a card that, like, I'm not sure it's going to be good enough for Modern because there's not a lot of ways to, like, set your deck as you do in, like, Legacy or whatever. But maybe this is one that does show up in Legacy or some older, you know, some older formats where you can can do that more readily. Because I'll say this. Looking at the set overall, there's a bunch of cards, you know, immediately you think about modern, right? Because it's modern horizons and how it's going to impact modern. There's a lot of cards in here, and I'll probably talk about some more where I'm like, I actually think this card is a legacy card, or actually this card is like a commander card. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to affect other other formats. And this is this is one of the ones that I think could possibly show up somewhere other than modern. Um, Yeah, I'm not as high on this one just because
1: you have to put in a lot of work to cast these, right. you know, no casting cost spells. Uh, you either have to sit there and like wait for them to unsuspend, or you have to, you know, find some other card to to cast them with, whether it's as foretold or electrodominance or, you know, what have you. Yeah, it's a lot of work for sure. Yes. So when you put in that work, you need to get paid off with an immediately powerful effect. Whereas the demonic tutor, that's a setup card. That's not a payoff card. So it's the wrong, you're getting the wrong half uh, at the wrong time.
0: You're taking steps to take more steps.
1: Yeah. That said, if there is some sort of combo deck that is trying to kill you on turn four, cast it, suspending this on turn two and just setting up for your turn for a kill is a reasonable thing to do. But it's not, it's such a, it's a really bad top deck. So mm-hmm. I'm still questionable about it in that role, but I'm a little bit intrigued in that yeah, kind of yeah. a role.
0: It's obviously powerful. It just matters if it fits somewhere kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned Residian deckhand. Yeah, just for everybody at home, they might not have known what it is. It's a one blue mana, one, two merfolk creature that has island walk. It's not irrelevant, but it's also Residian port. You can pay one and tap it to tap target land. Uh, you know we people. It's funny people actually have been saying that think they think Rashidian Port could be good enough. You know to come into into modern, and well we kind of got it with this creature here and. You know, we're, we're going to come back to Merfolk. We're going to come back to that. So keep that in the back of your mind. Because there's a card that I want to talk about later that got previewed. Okay, yeah. We'll That's come over. back
1: to it when we hit that.
0: One. Um, I just wanted to t- stop on Timeless Dragon for like two seconds. Because this is an homage to a card that was really cool back in the day called Eternal very Dragon. Very good. Eternal Dragon was a standard staple. It was a four of in like the, what was the best deck for a long time, which was blue-white control. Yeah. Uh, Timeless Dragon is five mana. It's three white-white for a five-five flying dragon. It has plane cycling. For two, can you get any planes card with planes? I do you have to I, get a basic planes? I believe
1: you can get any planes.
0: So you can just go get dual lands, which is cool. Um, this one can't return to your hand like Eternal Dragon did, but it can return to play with Eternalize. Yeah. So it's two white, white. So this is pretty cool. It helps like fix your mana early. It's a white card that you probably won't hate pitching to the white incarnation because like if you're not cycling it, then it's a card that's going to languish in your hand for a long time. Come on, Tannen.
1: be This is not a constructed card, at least at, you know, at modern, it would be for standard. I think it would be okay for standard. Um, but like, this is not a constructed level card at at modern power level. This is a, a really sweet limited card. You know, you fix your mana early and then you get a four mana four, four flyer on turn four, or if you draw it late, or if you draw it late, you just get a five, five flyer that comes back as a four, four flyer. You just get two big flyers. So really cool limited card um but you know not a not just not a constructed card
0: yeah i do like when they make them like cheaper on one end or whatever you know really pushing the rare stuff um there was a planeswalker previewed and it's a cheap planeswalker too and i've seen some people go both ways on this one like some think it's good something it's bad um i'm disappointed in the artwork on it and i know you're kind of gonna, like roll your eyes at that but if you want home here why that's why like, because it's stack and blackblade yeah Dak and
1: blackblade yeah, like, Black is might have the best art in the, in, in the history of magic
0: it's my favorite artwork of all time. It was literally on one of my... It was on my groom's cake at my wedding. I still have some, like, OG Dakins, which are absurdly expensive now, which is annoying, because I wouldn't... I would love to get more. Why is that card expensive? Just because it's... Like, the blackboarded versions, or just all of its cards are expensive.
1: Oh, because it's from Legends. But it was yeah, it. It's... Okay.
0: But, like, yeah, a blackboarder one's, like, what? Like, 100 bucks or something, or 80 bucks or 70 bucks or something? You know, it's just... A, it's a high number. Whatever. It's more than a Magic card should be. Anyway... Um, this is called Daken Shadow Slayer, and it's a three-mana Planeswalker, but it's Esper. So it's white, blue, black. Um, it enters the battlefield with a loyalty counter on it for the number of lands you control. So there's like the, the harking back to Daken Blackblade, right? Like it's power is equal to the land you control. So, you know, if you play this on turn three, it's a 3-3 three, three, unless you did something weird to put it into play, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, it has three abilities. It's plus one is Surveil 2. Uh, for everybody who doesn't remember Surveil, you get to look at the top two cards of your library. You can put them into your graveyard or back on top, right? You can't put them on the bottom yet. So it's, it's like, like Scry, so but it's instead it's like of going go to the bottom, you're going to your graveyard, which is generally um, better. Which is generally better, yeah. So it's Surveil too. Minus three is Exile Target Creature, so that, that's, a, that's a good one. And then the minus six is you may put an artifact card from your hand or graveyard onto the battlefield. Um, very specific, but possibly very, very powerful ability and i think this is what's going to possibly hold this card back from being modern playable is like th- that ability right there because i will say this if i was playing an esper deck that was meant to go like pretty long i think this card is playable as like possibly like a one of because like on turn 5 or 6 just playing this as like a 5 or 6 loyalty planeswalker and still holding up whatever else or just casting it on 3 when you have a force of negation backup in certain matchups i think this is a card that can kind of take over a game, but I don't know if I can justify playing this over like versions of Teferi.
1: Yeah, you, you'd you have to have a very specific deck. I think if you're just sort of like an Esper control deck, maybe with some like Torrential Gear Hulks or something like that to take advantage of the minus six, it's going to be worse than Teferi and you're not in the market for playing that many three mana sorcery speed cards. Um, however, I'm thinking that you probably maximize it by playing it in a sort of I'm gonna say like solar Flare-y kind of deck, you know, like a, a mid range deck with a reanimator theme. Mm-hmm. Um, but your reanimation targets are all artifact creatures.
0: Like and Sphinx pro- of the Steel Wind, or something like that. Oh, Sphinx
1: of the Steel Wind, Sundering Titan.
0: Okay. C- Sundering can, Titan. can
1: you okay. imagine putting a Sundering Titan onto the battlefield against an opponent with Dryad of the Elysian Grove?
0: That's really good. Also, you can you can make your lands good against this, right? Like, you can play a lot of the check lands or, the, or lands yeah. that don't have land types. Well, yeah. well,
1: maybe not as many of the check lands because we are trying to get up to six lands. But, yeah, there's plenty of things you can do to mitigate. There's so many land options now. A lot of pathways, I imagine. Um, oh,
0: but yeah. Pathways, yeah, that's, that's yeah. actually really good.
1: So, um, you know, there's probably enough good artifact creatures, but they're also mostly non-legendary, so you can play the Entomb, Unmarked Grave. You can also play Priest of the something-rights um Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, i yeah.
1: Priest of the of Fell rights, so white black two two, human warlock, tap, pay three life, sacrifice it, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield, activate only as a sorcery, and then unearth three white black. Um so you know, when you're surveilling, you can either put the creature that you need to reanimate in the graveyard, you can put the priest into your graveyard and then unearth it and, and do it that way. Um, so you get a lot value, a lot of value out of the Surveil with the reanimator theme, but you're also just getting card selection and you're, you know, playing normal, a re- uh, removal, you know, card advantage game. You probably got some discard spells. You got some fatal pushes. You got some cantrips or whatever. And, you know, the exiling creature is also fine. So it can play both sides. That's an interesting home for Dakin. I'm not super high on the card, but this is the first time I've put all of that together. Like th- that's the shell to me that maximizes it. I'm not sold that that deck is particularly good or even playable. hundred percent
0: agree. Yeah, but
1: I'm I'm interested. That that's that's a deck I will brew that might make it onto versus live.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, one cool thing they did do with this, I think this card has like three different arts, and at least one of them was done by Richard Kane Ferguson, the 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 original artist of deck and Blacklight, which is a cool thing, right? Like bringing yeah. him back for like his creation. Um, you know, for for, for, you, for viewers at home, if you ever wanted to get me a present or do something nice to me. I will I will gladly accept a version like copies of Dak and Black Blade just just not white bordered I have enough of those just keep keep those if you have black bordered ones I'll, I'll gladly take them off your hand um, speaking of like cool art or whatever real quick um, we haven't gotten all of them yet but it does seem like there will be uh, I'm just gonna call this like time shifted almost there's old bordered cards in this set except it's none of this set it's of Modern Horizons one. So, in certain packs, which, by the way, they, they showed you what cards you well, Can we you get not what get packs. into this? Like, it's it takes, so complicated. i go it in two seconds. It's I don't so even understand it. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's so complicated that they put up literal picture graphs for people at home, and I yeah. still don't fucking get it.
1: Yeah, there were flow charts. It was...
0: Yeah. And you had to go... It was more than just one page of them. You had to, like, click through multiple pages, and I'm like, I st- I'm going cross-eyed. I can't I tell what's going on. But... um. You can find some older cards, you know, like I'm looking at Giver Give of Ruins, Force of Negation, and stuff like that, and Hall of Heliod Generosity with old school uh, bordering, but apparently, like only in foil or whatever. Because like here's the thing: I don't want foil Force of Negations; I want normal ones. Yeah, I want the old school ones. Like you know, so, anytime like, they
1: release a special version of a card and it's only foil, I I'm immediately upset.
0: Yeah, um, card uh, that I actually wanted to talk about a little bit, sitting right next to some of these, is this card called Prismatic Ending. And it's a sorcery, which I think I mean if they made this an instant, I think this card would be like very, very good. Yes. But sorcery, I think this is a card that you could still talk about. Where so it's an it's X and a White, and it has converge, uh, exile target non-land permanent. If its mana value is less than or equal to the number of colors of mana spit to cast a spell. Now X can be zero. Like you can just pay the white and 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 get a one drop here. And yeah. that is very, very good. In modern, like especially if you think of like the two top decks right now or two of the top decks right now are Prowess and Shadow, like two of the most played decks where you were getting their premier cards for one white mana here. And and that's not bad, especially when you can Snapcaster this card too on turn three to kill another Shadow or kill another Swift Spear or something like that. And this is one of those cards when I look at it, I'm like, this is a sneaky card that might be able to make it in somewhere if you need, if you need your removal spell to be like another spell. Kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Well, the the thing about this card to me is, you most decks are going to be able to cast it for maybe two or three colors, right? And that's pretty reasonable. Now you're hitting Renin Six. You're hitting Scourge of the Skyclaves. You're hitting Skyclave Apparition. You're hitting Liliana of the Veil. You're hitting To Fairy Time Raveler, uh, You know, you're hitting Ensnaring Bridge. Uh, if that's a, a card that troubles you, if you so, hit
0: anything, which is, yeah, which is huge, the, right? the it exiles too. Yeah,
1: the draw to it is the incredible versatility. This card is never going to be particularly efficient because you're going to mm-hmm. spend one mana to answer a one mana spell, two mana to answer a two mana spell, and so on. So you're never going to get a huge tempo swing like you can with a lot of other removal spells. You know, sometimes you get to fatal push a four drop, and you, you know you're up three mana yeah. in, that, in that trade. So this card's never trading up. Uh, it's also a sorcery, which is awkward for removal. I've talked about this on the on the podcast before, but it is incredibly versatile. So this is the kind of card that I like in small numbers in decks, because you're like, well, I need one more answer to these six different cards. <laughs> and this is the only one that doesn't. So I don't want to play a huge number of them, because it's never going to be super efficient, but it's really nice to have this around in small numbers, especially in decks, like you said, that have Snapcaster Mage or Jace Friend's Prodigy. Uh, they can cast it from their graveyard it, it, that way. Um, th- this card... B- Does this, how how exactly is Snapcaster Mage Worded again?
0: Uh, you could cast the card from your graveyard so you can pay X.
1: Yeah, 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 it gives it flashback equal to its mana cost. Yeah, of course it does. Okay, yeah, so it works fine. Um, yeah, like, I I expect this card to see a little play, but I don't, I don't think it's, you know, a a staple. But it's another, it's just a nice card to have. Like, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about removal options in a format, you know, you got to think like there's, there's sort of, it's sort of like a basketball team. Like there's your starters and then there's your bench unit. And there's, there are guys that, you know, play in the NBA for 10 years, just coming off a bench for team after team and just to shoot. Like they have one, they have one role and they do that. And this is your like, you know, Jack of all trades role player. Like that, you know, they, they're sort of like that they can fill in for seven different other people on the roster if they're injured and like reasonably fill in in that role. Um so it's nice to have access to this card. So I uh, you know I'm 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 happy to ha- to have it around here. I don't expect it to see a ton of play, but it, it'll see n- a non-zero amount.
0: Yeah, and like you said, I I see it being like maybe like a one or two of in some decks, possibly even a sideboard card, you know, in in a deck somewhere where they're like there's some matchups where I want this card to be able to answer a swath of things or whatever, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, possibly. So I don't know. Um if you're a fan of mill cards, uh, or the mill deck that was secretly very good for for periods of time in Modern, there is a there is a card in the set for you. We're not going to talk about it too much, but I want to go over it for two, two seconds here. It's Fractured Sanity. It's blue, blue, blue. Each opponent, so if you're a mill person in Commander, each opponent mills 14 cards. That's one, four, 14. And there's more to this card, too. It's got cycling for one of the blue. And it says, when you cycle Fractured Sanity, each opponent mills four cards. So if you have a lot of the stuff in play that, like, you know, if you draw a card, do this, or et cetera, et cetera. Like this is this is another card that, you know, goes down the line. Uh another cool card that if you're into that kind of thing, this card's for you. So
1: yeah. um I'm I'm not even sold that this card makes it into the modern mill deck. But it, i would try yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Um it is nice that it gets around like Leyline of Sanctity, which is a way that people, you know, try to to play against Mill, Though they're pretty like just having Mismeric Orb uh, you know, sort of gets you uh, around, around that as well yeah. pretty easily sure
0: um yeah there's another big dumb sarah type card in the set like angel thing it's a four white 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 it's flying um seven seven when it enters the battlefield you choose a card type you increase your view control have protection from the chosen card type so another kind of like lock piece for like reanimator and stuff people want yeah. you know it's not legendary kind of for mark the grave
1: or unmarked mm-hmm. grave
0: mm-hmm. um another old school reprint in the in the modern so it hasn't been printed in here and i wonder if we're gonna get more than just this one um wonder is in this set also so cool thing here about wonder uh for everybody who doesn't know it's a 2-2 flyer for four mana but when it's in your graveyard if you control an island your creatures have flying so there was one for every color back in the day like the red one gives haste except there was one for every color right
1: yeah there was one for every color, and uncommon and then two okay, rare so, ones do you remember all of
0: them okay brawn was the green one is trample yeah anger is the red one it's haste wonder is the blue one it's flying Black one was Filth, and it gave Swamp Walk? That's correct. Right. And then what am I missing? The white, white one, uh, Valor, and First Strike. There you go. God, I am, a, I am a golden god. <laughs> <laughs> when you started to say that, I was like, oh, my God, i only remember three. And it took me a minute. So um, I wonder, I wonder if they're all going to be in this set or not. Um, you know,
1: the other ones really didn't... Uh, Anger sometimes saw a little bit of play.
0: It was in some combo decks and shit. Yeah, yeah
1: the other yeah. three basically never. Wonder saw a significant play as part of Blugger and Madness. So this is the one that, that everyone remembers. I'd be interested in this as a singleton in Dredge, if you can find room for it and a Steam Vents. Because you can just, late in the game, you just loan back the Steam Vents and give your team flying. Um, so that, that, I think that's a neat option to have in that deck. Not sure if it's good enough, but I'm, I'll just wait and let Sodek figure it out and he'll tell me.
0: So, um, I don't know if this, I, I, I remember reading something about this, so don't quote me on this, but as you see that this cards are rare and some of the other cards like Sterling Grove, like that, they're, I think they're rares or whatever. This will not replace the rare in your pack if you open this card. I think there's a slot in the packs for like old, an old school reprint into modern, and so, like, you can still open multiple rares in your packs. So this is kind of like the uh, the what were the cards called? The the, the spells in the last set, the showcase spells. Yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever the fuck their name was. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of like that, if I remember right. Don't exact quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's along those lines. So uh, yeah. Whatever. Also, uh, I don't know if they're gonna finish the entire thing, but they took another step towards finishing the cycle of swords that do things, and we got the green white one. In this set, this is sword of hearth and home. It has the traditional. It costs three. Costs two to equip. It gives plus two, plus two, and you have protection from green and white. The two abilities are: uh, whenever the equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, you exile up to one target creature you own. Uh, then you search your library, and then you search your library for a basic card. And then oh, you put both of them onto the battlefield under your control. And then it, See, okay, flick- they put both cards onto the battlefield. Yeah, they, they, they. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah sorry, they. they yeah, they worded it weird for me. Okay, go
1: ahead. I think they worded it oh, so smartly. It is it, it is, they, it is know, weird remember, to read.
0: Like, yes, they worded smartly, and this is probably how they're going to word stuff like this in the future. It was never worded like this in the past. So, like, yeah. Yeah, well, I, just, don't a, I don't think they've ever had
1: a... I don't think they've ever had something like this, where they're like, there were two effects going on, and one of them was a flicker. But this lets, you you know, both permanents enter at the same time in case that's relevant for them. Um, uh, but it still... Does, there's... There's not going to be a window after they exile the creature, but before they first search for the land, where right. I, any player can do anything. Nobody gets priority while you're resolving yeah. the trigger. Uh, so effectively, you're just flicker or blinking a creature a- and rampant growing. Uh, oh, it's it's actually the, the land enters untapped. So um, so you're rampant growing, but the land enters untapped, which is kind of neat. Uh, that I actually hadn't realized. That makes me like the card a little bit more. I still don't think it's playable. Um, yeah, you great. know, I. I, I the the ones that most of the swords are actually aren't that good. You know, Feast and Famine is good in blue decks and has basically never been good in proactive decks. Um, Fire Nice is the one, is yeah. the good one. That one the, the you know War and Peace was good in it's awesome standard play.
0: Yeah, it's awesome play. Yeah, yeah. and, so, and yeah,
1: it's just you know five mana is a lot.
0: But for people who like this kind of thing, you know, it's finishing up It's finishing up that cycle. It's nice to not yeah. leave stuff open ended in magic. Let's finish up these cycles, et cetera. I'm, I'm sure there are um,
1: people who play Kemba and Commander that want all ten yep. swords.
0: Sure. Um, another hate card got printed right around the same time as this that we're seeing. And this is a card that got a lot of people uh, excited about playing against Tron. And I feel like we get one of these in every one of these sets. Uh, this one is called Void Mirror it costs two colorless mana it's an artifact whenever a player casts a spell if no colored mana was spent to cast it counter that spell so obviously good against tron when they're just tapping three mana to play a karn they can't do that um also an interesting card for for uh vintage you know you you can't do moxes you can't you know use mishra's workshop for stuff like that so I mean, interesting card here I,
1: I would say interesting against dredge that isn't trying to cast any spells i guess that they're still just not casting as, as many spells they get all the triggers but they can't cast like dread return or cabal therapy but it's still, they can still cast them so they still get to trigger bridge yeah not good
0: but yeah this is one of those cards that like you know people were just like this card is absurd against tron like this that blah 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 blah. this would not stop me from playing tron i would have my deck constructed a tiny bit different um i, I think don't think it's good, good against big bit. tron
1: i think it's good against Etron.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that, for sure. And so, like, just little things here and there. I I do think this card is interesting, and it may find a home and a sideboard somewhere where, like, you just need it for certain matchups. I'm not sold on this.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's particularly good. I don't expect it to see play. People will try Uh, it early on. Another
0: couple, another couple, another card that's been put into Modern for the first time that I think there could be a backdoor chance that this one shows up somewhere. This is Patriarch's Bidding. And we have seen it be good in the past with like some goblin decks and some yeah. tribal decks. In standard and, in two thousand two, yeah. I'm not saying it's going to happen, okay? But if people play goblins or whatever at some point in time, this is a card that in the matchups where you need it, you can combo kill your opponents with this card. So like this, yeah. this, this it's, is a card it's that very can good happen. with Skirk Prospector. Mm-hmm. So uh, just, just interesting card there. Uh, the other planeswalker that we got. This one is really funky and cool and does some weird stuff. So uh it's Grist the Hunger Tide, it's one black green, and it comes into play your three loyalty counters. It has a static, and this is very important. So I'm gonna make sure that you listen to this part, because this is the weird and important part of the card. As long as this card isn't on the battlefield, it's a one-one insect creature in addition to its other types. So when it's in the graveyard, when it's in your library, this is a one-one creature, so you can dread return this back into play you can green sun zenith this into play from your grave uh, from your deck so lots of cool ways to kind of get around some stuff to put this into play the abilities on it are plus 1 create a 1/1 one, one black and green insect creature token uh then mill a card if an insect card was milled this way put a loyalty counter on uh this and then repeat this process uh minus 2 you may sacrifice a creature when you do destroy a target creature or planeswalker that ability is pretty damn good Lots of ways to get value, do some cool stuff with that, and then minus five. Each opponent loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. I see the wheels turning in your head, Ross. Looking at this card, I oh, know you've I mean, thought about this. Th- yeah,
1: the wheels have turned. I-, I played it today on versus. I put this card onto the battlefield
0: off of a collected company. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, that that's that actually, happened today. It was great. And like, yeah, I could see this putting it into like either like an aristocrat shell or like. That's you know, basically like you said, what the, i the, it. the the jund like sacrifice shell and like you know there's some more cards to make that deck better in a second yeah. that we're going to talk about i, I put well. it into
1: the battle onto the battlefield off a of collected company then sacrificed a goat token to kill my opponent's big teferi while triggering mayhem devil to kill their spirit token so they couldn't attack my grist
0: is that good yeah exactly um this got preved alongside another uh really you, you, you weird can also unearth goat. this one by the way you can unearth this. Oh, it's three yeah. or less. So that was two or less.
1: No, that's that's claim. The other okay. unearth is three or that's less. Sure. So you can unearth Grist, and presumably this is a card that you want with some graveyard interaction with, right? You know, it's milling cards into your graveyard. It, the ultimate deals with your graveyard. Sacrifice decks
0: often use the graveyard. Things like Bloodgast or whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah, the one drop that mills three when it when it comes into play. Yeah, Stitcher like, yeah, Supplier. Like, another There's, deck that's going to make Stitcher Supplier broken. Yeah, exactly.
1: I was I was relatively impressed by this card today. I, I didn't think I was going to be. I'll be honest. I played it in a pretty typical Jun Sacrifice deck. I was not really using the graveyard. I was more just like a collected company deck because I was trying to you know utilize the the static as a uh, a ton. Um, but you, you know you could utilize that more with unearth in a graveyard shell uh, with you know c- carry and feeder grave crawler stitcher supplier carry and feeder and supplier are zombies for grave crawler by the way. So like those twelve is one drops bloodgast. Grist, unearths, uh, you know, maybe Sator Wayfinders Gomblo if you b- re- really want to hit the graveyard. Maybe, yeah, maybe Bombardment. Um, yeah, all of those things c- could work with this, but like, I play, I played it against a control deck and like, they just had trouble, you know, dealing with it. And the it also just gave, you know, sacrifice decks often struggle with planeswalkers. Because it just generates too much value for you to keep up, and your creatures you can are usually pack pre- them
0: down. Yeah, yeah, they're
1: usually pretty small and usually don't have a lot of interaction. This is a good threat that also just easily answers planeswalkers. So that aspect of it was really important. So I was able to kill Corey's Teferis fairies all the time uh, when those would have otherwise been pretty problematic because I just had like two, two or three insects on the battlefield. Um mm. So yeah, I, I was, you know, I think the matchup helped it out. So I, I'm, I'm still a little skeptical, but I now. You know, I was ignoring this card before, but now I've got the wheels with the wheels turning with it.
0: It's it's now got your attention. Yeah. Looking at this card, this is one of the ones that like people look at it like, yeah, it's cool, it's cute, or whatever, but I I think this one has a chance. Like I think this one has a real, real shot. So we'll see. Um I I want to just mention this card, because this card is so weird and it got previewed about the same time. Uh Garth one eye. And it's just it's 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 Castagoss's domain, it's one of every color, and it's a five-five. It's a legendary creature, human wizard. And this has what might be the most unique ability in the history of magic. Ross. Also, I think this might be the card that has referenced other cards the most. Other cards, because like we've had yeah. cards reference another card by name before, but usually it's like I think three is the max, and there's yeah. a little more in that.
1: Yeah, there's three is the max with all the unspeakable cards, probably.
0: Yeah, with with Spirit of the Night or whatever or whatever it was or the yeah the unspeakable yeah yeah all those okay anyway, uh, I want to read the ability here because it's <laughs> if you're at home so you you can know. All right, so th- it says tap. Choose a card name that hasn't been chosen from among Disenchant, Brain Geyser, Terror, Shivan Dragon, Regrowth and Black Lotus. Create a copy of the card of the chosen name. You may cast the copy. Um th- something here. But it says you may cast the copy. You have to pay the mana cost, right? Okay, so you have to pay the mana cost. So uh, your first one is probably going to be Black Lotus in a lot of spots, just so you can cast the next well, one that you get. over.
1: If you've cast Garth, you presumably have at yeah. least five mana. So
0: yeah, you probably got a Cascade Bluffs or whatever it's called. In it blood, curves you know, right it's, into Shivan Dragon. Let's go. Yeah, let's. Yeah, exactly. I think this is one of the coolest cards I've ever seen, Ross. Obviously, not good enough for modern, but this card is out there. Sure. So my my
1: thing with it is, it's pretty clear that. They like chose a set of iconic cards that all weren't too powerful. Like they probably weren't going to pick Ancestral Recall, though that still wouldn't have been too powerful. You know, arcanist the Omnipotent already exists. Um, but it's a nice set because it's really versatile. Like you can get extra mana, you can get a threat, you can draw a bunch of cards, you can you know get any card that you need with Regrowth. You can kill a wide swath of permanence between Terror and Disenchant. So uh, it's a very nice set of options in terms of just the power of the ability. Um, so it makes the card a little bit more functional, especially in, in, you know, commander. I imagine this will be a, a commander staple.
0: Limited um, powerhouse if you can cast this yeah.
1: Too. But it's pretty clear that they wanted to pick like pretty iconic cards from each color. And then Black Lotus, the most iconic card. So like Shiv and Dragon, I think was a given for red because it, it's perhaps after Black Lotus, I would say Shiv and Dragon is probably the most recognizable card in the history of the game. Maybe Jace. Um, at this point, but in terms of, you know, the first 15 years of the game, Shivan Dragon is definitely there. And then, you know, Terror is a pretty iconic removal spell. Disenchant, an, an iconic card. Just, Brain Geyser is sort of just less an iconic card in and of itself and more just, you know, blue card draw. And that, notably, th- these are all alpha cards, right? Brain Geyser, regrowth. Yeah. So, and so it, it's meant to be this is sort of, you know, homage to alpha. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's why he has one eye, I think, Alpha, one, right? Yeah, Alpha's, this, this Alpha's is, first.
0: Sure. This is like a, a, a for love of the game card. Yeah. For sure.
1: So I, I just want, I, I want to, I want up like the transcript of the discussions of what cards to pick. Like, did, did somebody lobby really hard for a card that didn't make the list and is really salty about it? Like, I want that Drive to Work podcast from Mero we're like yeah. you know here was the day that we decided what cards Garth was going to make
0: <laughs> when when did someone put their foot down saying black lotus had to be on this card yeah. Know, like, I wanna, like, yeah 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 this like, is the story that i
1: want and i'm going to be yeah. mad if i don't get it
0: yeah um here tell you what I'll, I'll give you a cool story that is tangentially uh touched this card so uh you mentioned shivan dragon being like one of the most iconic cards in my day i think shivan dragon might have been the most iconic card in magic right it was like shivan dragon yeah. Sarah angel like that kind of stuff right and shivan dragon was like a mythical card like none of us owned it and we like we just could not find the card because you know back then there wasn't really a secondary market especially not where i lived right so the cards that you saw and that existed in magic were the cards in the pool of the of the people that you played with right so every time you played magic there's a very good chance that you would learn a new card you'd be like i didn't know this card existed or whatever blah 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 etc cetera, etc cetera. um When Magic was conceived and they were talking about, you know, uh, you know, selling it as packs or whatever, blah, 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 you know, early nineties. One of the ideas was, um, you know, they, they didn't see magic having the global presence that it did. Right. You know, they didn't see it being this popular. Like no one, no one foresees this kind of, uh, success. Right. They actually were considering making cards regional. Like if you lived on, and like, this is an example. You know, it didn't happen. This was like one of their ideas is like only on the East Coast could you open packs with Sarah Angel and only on the West Coast could you open packs with Shivan yeah. Dragon. And it's that was the like example. It's going to be like
1: fucking Pokemon get. Go.
0: Yeah. So if you like lived in New York and visit your friend in California and you play Magic on like turn five, you're like Sarah Angel Go. And they're like, what the fuck is that? It, you know, like I've never seen that before. And you're like, go. And they're like, oh, you think that card's good? And then they just put their six in to play and play a Dragon on your ass. And you're like, what? What? Like, how do you have a better creature than me? Like, Sarah Angel's the best creature in the game, <laughs> you know, like, kind of thing. And so that would have been really cool. And, like, obviously, like, this is well before, you know, the the swath of everyone having the internet in their home, you know, it was before everyone having, like, personal computers, cell phones, stuff like that. So this was an idea that was, like, pretty cool at the time and they thought about doing. And that's a cool little Shiv and Dragon story. Also, I lived at Eric Frolick for a while, who might have had the best collection of Shiv and Dragons I've ever seen. He is, like, obsessed with that card. It's, like, his favorite thing. and Like, he has a, like, I don't, I don't know exactly, but he had a lot of, like, beta and alpha ship and dragons, and they were in, like, really nice, created stuff, too, so it was pretty cool. Um, next card I want to talk about for, like, a couple seconds is a card that, like, kind of is up your alley, even though I don't know if this is good enough for modern, and that's Zabaz, the Glimmer Wasp. Have you seen this one? Yeah. The, the legendary artifact creature insect. Why doesn't it Nana? just fly, Tannen? It's a fucking
1: wasp. I... I it has wings. Why do I have to pay to give it flying? Do I have to like turn it on?
0: I don't. I don't. Yes, you have to. No, you know the little toys back in the day, just like wind up in the back. It has that. You have to wind it up. All it's right. A, anyway. Well, where
1: where where is the thing that I wind, Tannen?
0: Okay, so like when the wings come up off the back, it's in there. All right. Anyway. Oh no 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 no! It's the front of it. Look, you see you see like the little the very front like the 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 stinger things like the, in the front of its yeah. face. That's it. You have to wind that up. Anyway. Uh, it's a 0-0 zero, of zero Modular 1, and for people who didn't play when this was a thing, it just comes into play with a plus one plus one counter on it. Um, and then when it dies, that counter can be moved to another artifact creature. Uh, if Modular Triggered Ability would put one or more plus one plus one counters on a creature you control, that many plus one plus and one, plus one counters goes onto it instead. You could pay one red to destroy target artifact you control, and you could pay a white to give it flying. So if Affinity or like, that stuff ever happens again with Arcbound Ravager. This is, like, another combo card. I don't see it, but it's, like, a cool thing that they did. But whatever. So, yeah. Um. That's, like, whatever. You don't have to say anything about this card. I did want to talk about this weird card over here called Mog Salvage. Because I want to know if this is a thing that we're going to get in every color. Because this uh, is something a la this is, a submer- is it actually a reprint? Yeah, it's from Nemesis, I want to say. Oh, was this was this printed in, like, this the Submerge cycle? Yeah. Okay, so a card from the Submerge cycle got printed and said... Yeah, I it was a nemesis. Print. All right, so Mog Salvage is two and a red, instant. If your opponent controls an island and you control a mountain, you may play this spell without paying its mana cost and it just destroys an artifact. Yeah. Um, very narrow card, but I have played a lot of Submerge and other cards of that ilk in Legacy before. If the right spots come up for this card, this card is very powerful.
1: Yeah, this is one that is... Like, it's going to be right to have this in your deck, like, one every 100 tournaments, but it's going to be really valuable if you have it in that one tournament.
0: Like, if Uh, is really good and you're, like, you know, a red deck and you're just, like, blowing up and snaring bridges and shit. Yeah, uh,
1: you know, there's just too many... art. Like, most of your uh, shatter effects these days are on, you know, things like a Braid that kill creatures, too, or Colgan's Command and things like that to make it more versatile, this is the exact opposite. It's incredibly narrow. It's just a shatter. It really only works against blue decks. And but it, when it works, it's awesome. Because free spells are busted.
0: Yep. Uh speaking of free spells, Zurin Orb is getting printed in this format. And I wouldn't not be surprised that showed up in like an Urza deck at some point. It's a it's a free artifact. Is that a, is that a new one? Like for blue. What, uh Zurin Orb? No, it got previewed a few weeks ago, um or I mean a few days ago, but it got previewed as like not in English and you might have just missed it. Uh, but Zurn Orb is in this set. Um some some other cool stuff going on here. There's like oh shit. There's like a science, yeah, there's like there's like a another another reference to Draco in the set which is pretty cool. Um I try to get the next part we want to talk about. Dude, we can uh, th- we there can Orb with Flagstones of Trocaire. Yep. Like there there's some there's some cool stuff to do with it for sure. I I envision it being an artifact decks, obviously. You know, somewhere where you can you can do the busted stuff with it and use it for mana, you know, kind of thing. Plus, like, I mean, maybe there's some matchups where, like, you just want to be able to sacrifice your lands because, like, your artifacts are tapping for mana. You can keep playing, but you just need to stay alive for an extra turn or two, you know, kind of thing. We also do have, you know, restore balance in this format. So, like, you know, maybe that that's something you do. Or, or balance is a thing back in the day. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, you know we, we've had a couple cards reference Turok in the past. Turok is an actual creature in this set, so it's uh, one in the black for a legendary creature, human cleric, and it's a two-one. It's got kicker for two black. Uh, it's protection from white. Oh yeah. Whenever you your said putting and no I... supposed to counter on this? You just thought something else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just in my head, I thought the video game. T U R O K, you are
1: okay, and I'm just like, okay. I just.
0: Oh, like this in sixty four dinosaur hunter guy?
1: Yeah. And I got so wow, confused. Wow,
0: that's a blast from the past. Yeah, I've I've seen. I think this, I still yeah, ter- own that game.
1: Yeah this this card is cool. It has, it, it's colors black two one. It's like flying, and protection kicker black from black. black. It was protection yeah, it's for protection for white. white. That's it. I knew it had some keyword yeah. ability. And kicker black black. And when it, if you pay the kicker, ETBs with two counters, and they discard two cards at random, you handle well, them.
0: It doesn't enter the. It, it doesn't. It doesn't just get the counters. It's when they discard a card, you get a plus one plus one counter. So you oh. actually have to discard a card. And it can yeah. get even
1: bigger when you play it with, like, yeah. you know, when you follow it up with Lily. Like, if you go in, like, Liliana of the Veil, Edict to you, then you untapped, and then you're like, okay, Taraki with Kicker plus Liliana, now it's even bigger.
0: Yeah, this card is interesting. I saw some people talking about this in Legacy. I don't see that happening. I can see this happening in Modern. I can see this card getting played. I, I'm not sure if it's good. I, I'm just saying, I, I can see this happening. Yeah, my um, problem
1: with it is I was just never, ever want to cast it for two mana. So it's basically yeah. it's, this is not a split card. Like it's I'm casting it for four or nothing. But that's a pretty powerful ability. Like four mana, I've got a four three, and I made you discard two cards at random.
0: Yeah, I I, I think this card. This what I'm saying, um, pretty big. I didn't think they'd ever per, you know discard at random again on a magic card. But I mean, here we are.
1: I think and at the like modern is the place where entrenched players go, so they're fine yep. putting things like that. And like that's why that like every keyword is in this set. Like that yeah. you know. Modern is the entrenched player format, so those rules are more for the the flagship formats and the, the formats yeah. that are facing towards less experienced players.
0: Yeah, you don't want to do that to standard and have somebody be like, yo, this is stupid kind of thing, so it makes sense. Um, now, the, the next card we're talking about is one that I think a lot of people have been talking about and you and I can talk about this quite a bit. I think Todd wrote three di- like an article with three different deck lists and stuff in it. I've seen a lot of people freak out about this card. This card is called Suspend. It's a one blue mana instant. And this card's really good. Yeah, I think this card's good. It's a exile target creature and put two time counters on it. If it doesn't have suspend, it gains suspend. That's it. That's the card. Now, yeah. this is actually pretty good because this is a card that, like, does more than one thing, right? Like, that's a removal spell, right? It's also a protection spell from your creatures from removal. Like, if you're in a matchup where your opponent's, like, bolting down your stuff or pathing down your stuff, you can suspend your creature yeah. in response, and then two turns later, your your, your card is back. And those you are know, matchups like where your
1: removal is usually dead, so your removal is still yep. doing
0: something good. Yeah. Uh, let me let me let me like for people who might not know how suspend works, I'm gonna read that for them. It's like at the beginning of the owner's upkeep. So like when you suspend your own thing or theirs, at the beginning of the owner's upkeep, they remove a time counter. When the last one is removed, they can play that card without paying its mana cost. If it's a creature, it has haste. That's a big deal, right? Because if you're killing a creature. Which this one only does creatures, whatever you get to kind of like one shot them with stuff like that. I think this card is going to be possibly good in modern. I don't know where it's going to fit. I think this card is good in Legacy. I th- I can see myself playing this in Delver like a Delver deck. Yeah, because it protects my stuff. It rem- it it gets their stuff out of the way. It can usually end the game in those two turns or you know put up to a board state where it's not going to matter anymore. Also, this has the extra little claws besides the couple things that we do. this kills 20 twenty twenties.
1: Yeah, Exiles merit Lage, and you know forever because it's a token. Yep. So it's just straight up one, any creature token. It's one mana, exile it. Yeah. So you're you're very good against creature tokens. It, it I think in Modern it's obviously very good with Teferi, Time Raveler. Yeah. They're not going to be able that's, to recast it. That's a big it.
0: thing we hadn't talked to yet.
1: Yeah, it is. I think it's very good with Urza. It's just a very you know the the, the key with Urza has always been to be able to interact with them right when you cast it. And that's even more important now that you don't turbo it out so fast with Mox Opal. So the fact that the deck is a little bit slower, you know, when you're tapping out for Urza, you need to be able to interact with them in some capacity. And Urza does give you some extra mana. So I think having, you know, going Urza, get a construct, tap it for blue, exile a creature. So I don't fall behind is great. You know, I think Counterspell is also really good in Urza decks. I kind of think Urza decks are going to come back because they, they've gotten some really so good too. tools. I think yeah. I think you can play this in like, you know, just a uh control deck. You know it's sort of like to me it's it's a little bit like an oust, right? Mm-hmm. Um you know, it is it's, it's
0: it, very much like oust, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh it, it is card disadvantage, unlike oust, because oust is gonna take a draw step away from them. Um but it is it's very flexible. I don't mind casting it early just to take the pressure off of me. Um, you know, obviously, you know, incredible with Teferi. So when he, when you play, when you go suspend on one and they play like Goblin Guide attack you and you, and you suspend it, uh, you know, now it's got two counters on it. You take your second turn. They do something. You interact. You untap, slam, Teferi plus, go. And now you've literally just, you know, perfectly interacted with them. So it's really like, it's so good with Teferi on the play because then it works on turn, turn one. Even when you're on the draw, just casting it on turn two is fine. Um, So, yeah, no, I I think this card's really, really good.
0: Yeah, and this is, like, my other pick for, like, possibly best card in this, but I just don't think this one, you know what I mean? You're not going to see it everywhere, but, like, you're going to see this as an upgrade in a lot of spots. I think the card's just going to be good. Maybe it's overrated. We'll have to see. Um, I think this card's very good, like you said. It's very unique and very versatile, which is the kind of thing that you want, plus it just being a blue instant like lends it to being you know very good and i'll say this with some of the flash instant tempo cards that we're getting depending on how the format goes it's making me wonder if maybe delver secrets gets unbanned sometime soon in uh in modern but i'm not gonna hold my breath so we'll see but i do see myself playing this like if i had to play in a legacy tournament like tomorrow and this card was legal i would definitely have at least one in my 75 um yeah so artifact lands are in the set um they're all in sort of sort Probably of though. it's it's, it, it's for limited yeah so they all come into play tapped they're all indestructible and it's all the color combinations like they're you know they're, they're black, indestructible green, green, guilt they're gates. red blue yeah they're guilt gates there you go that's the easiest and, way to put it they it's all cool. have bridge in their name so they're the bridges yeah the bridges from mirrored and whatever so uh that that's enough <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know talking about that um a, recruiter, I could I, I could see that
1: like them occasionally showing up as a singleton for some weird reason. Like yeah, it, maybe it, it might be better to like to have them than like one Darksteel Citadel if you really need color mana. Say, if you're
0: if you're a Karn deck with two colors, like you could play one of these in your cyborg, so you could wish for both your colors, kind of thing. Yeah, like um, you know,
1: yeah. I, I I can occasionally like I wouldn't be that surprised if every two years, you know, one yeah. of them shows up. Yeah, probably a uh, blue one. I was,
0: yeah. <laughs> another old school reprint that's in here uh imperial recruiter yeah is in a cool set one. and the artwork of it is really sweet uh it's kind of a one of the what's the word i'm looking for here it's like it's a joke within itself like it's like an homage to to magic kind of thing you get what i'm trying to get at here um well, I, don't I don't know, know what don't know. the art is supposed to be referencing oh in the background is kiki Jiki and miss Spine click or not Mispine Click, Um, the fairy that you... Kiki-kiki.
1: Deceiver Exarch or Pestermite?
0: Yeah, Pestermite. So in the okay. background of Imperial Recruiter, there's Kikijiki and there's Pestermite. In yeah,
1: the and it can also find Deceiver Exarch. Like, you know, m- yeah. maybe somebody does something with that uh, and it works. I don't know. I also... I've, I've brewed a Boros Taxes deck that just has Imperial Recruiter with the Aether Vial. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people do it with Goblin Matron.
0: Why can't I do it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, The next card we're going to bring up, Um, this one is... My vote for the card that I see in every set that scares the shit out of me, but I also think could possibly just be not good, and that's Gaia's Will. This is another card that doesn't have a casting cost. And has to spend four for one green. It's a sorcery. Uh until end of turn, you may play you may play lands and cast spells from your graveyard. If a card will be put into your graveyard from anywhere this turn, exile that card instead. Yeah, so this is possible. This may sound familiar to you because this is just Yawgmoth's Will, a card that is worth a billion dollars and banned in like almost every format. Is Yawgmoth's Will that Um, expensive? It's worth a lot for a card that's banned a lot and stuff, but just because there aren't copies of them, every magic card is expensive, Ross. Jesus Christ! Yeah, exactly. Right. So this is the card that gets my Christ. How much?
1: I thought like, it was going to end up being like you know 100 dollars. It's like four hundred dollars. It's, right? it's three. Yeah, it's like absurd. Yeah,
0: so like prices of Magic cards are just out of control. Yeah, anyway,
1: it's just cards that I owned fifteen years ago that were like six yeah, dollars. Like I think I bought my Augment Spell for somewhere between eight and twelve.
0: Yeah, and I might have like foil ones, and those are like you know a, a bajillion dollars. Anyway, so this card being green, I think holds it back a little bit. You know, it's 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 harder to get into some decks, but not really. But this is the card, and when I read this, scares the shit out of me, Ross, and rightfully so, because that's not anything. It's never going to do anything fair,
1: like Yeah, fair. but it takes a lot of setup. Again, like you know, when you got to put effort into casting this no mana cost spell, like it needs to have immediate impact. But this is yeah. okay. I've put all my effort. I've resolved my spell. Now I'm going to cast more spells somehow, and it doesn't yeah. really go together. Like as far told, is like a one shot thing. That's why things like crashing footfalls and restore balance. Are great payoffs. Yeah. Uh, right. But just, you know, even and they play Ancestral Vision just to have more things. And, you know, but that's actually not a great payoff for, for that kind of shell. Um, yep. So, yeah, I don't expect this card to be playable. But if it is, it's going to be a problem. That That's yeah. certainly true. Uh,
0: speaking of other green cards that can get kind of scary in this set, I know this one might have excited you a little bit. And you thought, um, this is another reprint into modern Queer and Ranger. Is in the set for everybody at home that doesn't know what that is. It is a one green mana, one one elf ranger. Uh, Return a forest you control to its owner's hand. Untap target creature. You can only do this once a turn. Um, This is a card that has one. It has a pedigree of winning and Legacy for over a decade. Now.
1: yeah it's been a staple of legacy elves um and it, you know it's it's a popper staple it has been for years in just mono green stompy it was very good back in its own day even though green creatures are bad you know it was one of the best ones this is just a good card i think it, it can read not as good but one of the subtle things that it does really well is it lets you play this really low curve deck with a super low land count and you just make two land drops and then the aquarium ranger is basically your third land and it's also a creature. It lets you play offense and defense. Sometimes it lets you double activate things like Giver of Ruins or Knight of, Reli- Knight of the Reliquary. If that's that your speed, or maybe you know Elvish Archdruid If I want even more mana. Um, so this is a cool card. I'm interested at this point in trying Cloudstone Curio Elves again. You know, people tried this back in the day in Modern, and it was never good enough. Um, this is you know with uh, Dwinen's Elite or Elvish Warcaller, and you still have Heritage Druid, Nettle Sentinel, Quirion Ranger. You know, eight Land War Elves, Elvish Archdruid, like, and and Visionary, Cloudstone Curio can just draw your deck pretty easily. Uh, it can be a card advantage engine just with Visionary by itself. Uh, it can, you know, you, you can do a lot of a lot of cool stuff. So that's a, definitely a deck that I'm brewing. It will probably end up on versus live at some point because let's face it, I love fucking elves. So yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not, you know. I'm not sure if if it's good enough. Modern's a really powerful format, but it this is one that's, you know, in my gray area. It's interesting. I certainly hope it's good enough and I'm gonna try to make it.
0: I think it will be. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that there's gonna be an like people are gonna play elves. Again, it might not be exactly tier one, but I think it's going to obviously make its way in there. Speaking of tribal cards, and I talked about about this earlier about like hold your breath for Merfolk. A good Merfolk card got printed in the set, but I'm You're, gonna talk about are it. You, are you skipping
1: over this Boros creature?
0: Did I, I mean, we can just go back to it right after this. It's not okay. a big deal. We'll, we'll um, cover so, Merfolk. It won't take long. So, uh, so I'm very interested in this card. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, because I'm not sure. It's something God of Sea and Sky. Uh, Thassa's just looking at this saying, oh, do you think I'm a joke? Right, anyway, <laughs> uh, this, this, am I a joke to you? No, this creature, it's, uh, it's one blue blue for a legendary creature, Merfolk God. If you control two other Merfolk, uh, this has Indestructible. Uh, when this attacks, draw a card. And other Merfolk creatures you control have Ward One. And for people at home that might not know what Ward is, because it's a new ability and you might not play uh, limited, is a your creatures have what's called like Ward One, so it's kind of like a bubble for one. Anything that like targets them, any spell that like targets them, you have to pay one more or, or ability, hard. right? I think it's ability as well. I'm not 100 on that, but it's 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 kind of like the Frost Titan ability. Yeah, like Frost Titan would say Ward Two, you know, kind of thing. So, um, I'll say this: I think this card is very good. I like this a lot for Murfolk decks. I don't think Merfolk decks are very good and like never really actually have been. And the people who tell you otherwise are lying to themselves and cannot convince themselves otherwise that their pet deck is not good. If I just, if I just, if you feel very seen right now, I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. I'm, I'm telling you from the pure grinder, like trying to win tournament perspective. Yeah. I don't think this card is going to, you know, out of nowhere, make Merfolk tier one. I think this card is very good. I think it's very powerful. Though it does have a problem, the fact that it costs three, and if you were playing Murfolk right now, you probably should just be playing Luris in your Murfolk deck. Probably, I don't know. So like, it's a thing that kind of interests you know. It's weird there. Th- that's but my the weird power thing with level it. on this card is. Yeah, the power level on this card is very high.
1: Yeah, it, you know, it dodges Lightning Bolt. It dodges Fatal Push. Summon of the time. So that those are both good things. The stats on it are great. I think it, it's going to play really well with Unsettled Mariner. So they they sort of both yeah. give like yeah. now you have Ward Two essentially that they can accumulate on top of each other and protect your position. You know. At this end, and Rishid Doc and Dockhand, you know, the combination of the two might make Merfolk playable. I won't say good, but it might make Merfolk playable. hmm And you yeah, exactly. and I, you know how much it take that takes to you know, for me to say.
0: I I played Merfolk in a big tournament before, so I'm not gonna I, I have not. Um I, I swear the deck was actually good for the perceived metagame. When he's got some of it wrong, anyway. Uh, the 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 Boros card we're talking about was this general uh, Furios or Furios Rockerick,
1: Ferris Rockerick, Rockerick. yeah, Rockerich, Maybe yeah, I don't know how to pronounce the, the last part. But Ferris know, just means made of iron, so they're trying to you know he's got all the armor.
0: Yeah. Well, who cares what the name is? Let's talk about what the card does and how it kills its opponent because that's what everybody cares about. Yeah. So one so red white. One f- I got. Yeah, it. Go I got
1: it. one red white right, legendary creature human soldier. Hexproof from Monocolored. Whenever you cast a multicolored spell, create a 4-4 red and white golem artifact creature token. So think about you know immediately when I see this, I think three mana, one toughness, ugh, lava dart. But it's hexproof monocolored. So we've passed the Lava Dart test. It's a human. Lightning bolt. Path to exile. None
0: of that's a Fatal Push. None of that's stuff hits it.
1: Yeah. It's it's a human. The human deck has several multicolored creatures in it already as it plays medley mage it could play unsettled mariner if you really wanted it to it play it can play general kudrow it plays reflector mage it plays mantis rider um you know that's a good number unlike hero of precinct one which like needed a huge density of multicolored spells because you you know you need to get a lot of one ones you don't need to trigger this card that many times for it to be great you know if i trigger this once a game on average i'm pretty happy if i trigger it multiple times i'm pretty sure the game's over Unless there's a sweeper, I think we trigger one.
0: this twice. The game is probably over. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like so, what what removal spells that are commonly played right now in modern deal with this? Like, there's not a lot of abrupt decays around. Renin
0: six. Ren, Ren Okay,
1: six. that's that's the problem. We figured out the problem for this card. Tannins. and it's Ren six. So what yeah. you need to do is put it in your humans deck, and you need to be very lucky. So that on your you just turn vial it in. You will you, well, you just vial it in
0: at the end of the turn, yeah.
1: So you, you or just vial and cast something immediately. So even if they kill it, you got a four-four. So it's really like really good with vial. But you can also vial it in and then cast Thalia's Lieutenant, and now it's a 4-2 and protect it from Ren and Six. So that's really cool. Um that you know, there's not a lot of cards that that answer this, and if it stays on the battlefield for very long, it probably takes over the game. That's a that's a pretty good
0: sign. Yeah, I, I think this card is, is sneaky one of the better cards in this. I think it's very good. I think it fits into a deck that we've already got. So like I think this is one of the cards that's going to be a winner coming out of the set and being very good. Speaking of enchantments and speaking of reprints into modern, there were a couple that you wanted to talk about right that are like kind of cool that we've we've seen in the past and they were they even got played in extended, you know, quite yeah, a bit, which is no, like these kind are, of pre modern. So.
1: And I expect them both to see play. I I one more than the other, but because we, we already have Seal of Fire from this uh right. cycle in modern. Seal of Doom is in modern because it was in Dissension. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh Seal of Is Seal of Might in Modern? I don't think so. Uh, that one I'm not sure, and I think that's like one of the least playable ones. So it, it might be cool in Infect. That would that would be a cool cool deck to have it. So you, you just get yeah. to spend the mana on your on your pump spell. Um because it gives I plus three plus three, doesn't it? So like it's very good against lightning bolt. I, I, Maybe it gives plus two plus two.
0: I don't I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. but
1: regardless, Seal of Removal and Seal of Cleansing are both in this set. So Seal of Removal is like Seal of Fire, but instead of Shock, it's Unsummon. So one blue enchantment, sacrifice it, bounce a creature. And Seal of Cleansing is the same, but it's Disenchant. Sacrifice, Destroy, or, or is it, it, yeah, it's, it's either. Um, so these are effects mm-hmm. that, you know, are occasionally wanted by decks, uh, more so Disenchant than, than Unsummon, but in this form, they're great with Luris. So if yes. you want to like if you want to disenchant in your Loris sideboard, Seal of Cleansing is a pretty good one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I definitely expect Seal of Cleansing to see play. Obviously, like in, sharing a color with Loris too, so you don't even have to try. Uh, I, I I I wouldn't be surprised if Seal of Removal doesn't see play, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it does um so it, it
0: matters if, it, if if the enchantment part of it matters right like you said with Luris, or like we've yeah. seen the enchantment matters cards getting printed into into modern a little bit more you could see maybe the disenchant one like showing up in you know like enchantress decks if enchantress becomes a thing kind of you know
1: so yeah so uh just cool things to keep note of those are easy cards to like skip over uh and, and not take note of but seal of cleansing is definitely going to be a good one uh
0: but just wanted to make a note of those in case y'all had you know Miss them. Speaking of cards that people did take note of. We're gonna talk about two one drops next. And uh this, this first one is, I'm just gonna cut right to the chase on the first one because everybody freaked out about this one. Yeah. Uh, a new a new hierarch got printed. So it's one green mana for a zero one, it's got exalted, uh, but it taps for jund instead of bant. And not to not to be overlooked, this card is a goblin, which yeah. matters. So I, it has a creature type that matters.
1: I very much expect it to be in all forms of goblin decks um you know goblins have always needed a little bit of boost in terms of mana because the really good ones are like matron Sling Gang lieutenant um you know they've been a mana hungry deck
0: yeah and so like this is actually kind of an upgrade in some ways if you think about that because like if you can make the deck good without aether vial this is actually like better than aether vial in a lot of ways because like it gives you the mana boost that you need, you can play yourself out a little bit earlier. You don't get the like the double spell kind of thing or the uncounterability of Aether Vial, but this is another goblin for the ones that you mentioned, right? Like you hit this off ring leader more, right? You can sacrifice this to sling gang lieutenant. Like it 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 works in the deck as a combo piece because it is a goblin that yeah. is doing the job of one of your other cards. So like this is something you can see replacing Aether Vial in these decks.
1: I, I it's not going to replace Vial, but it's going to supplement it, and that's important. Because the games where you had Vile and games where you didn't were very different games, and now you have games you where I have Vile and Lions. games where I have Hierarch, and even games where you have both. You know, I can imagine going turn one Vile, turn two like Mog War Marshal, play a Noble Hierarch, turn three, or not, but like maybe like you know Snoop or whatever, and then you're like now you have four mana and a Vile on two, so you can cast a Ringleader and find you know, a two mana two mana spell or uh. Yeah, Violent 2 and, and 4 mana. So, like, it, 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 having 8 of your know, really good 1 drops is going to be a huge boon to Goblin decks. I basically expect that every, any, any tribal Goblin deck to splash for this card. Even if it's the only green card in under 75, it will be worthwhile. You have Fetchlands, Shocklands, and Cavern of Souls. That's more than enough.
0: And it gives you good sideboard cards too. Like, you can play Ancient Garage and stuff too. Um, yeah, it feels like humans, right? Like, when humans go like, you have the hierarch aether vial draws and like you just could not keep up yeah you know kind of thing. and and i'll say this goblins draws more cards generally than humans does you know you have stuff like ringleader to like you know refill your hand and now this is just more mana for you to do all the things that you want to
1: do yeah and know? and there are other decks that are going to just going to want to use it no, not as a goblin, but just as a really good mana creature. Like I played it today in the John Sacrifice deck I was talking about. That was yeah. collected company and Grist and yeah. stuff. Like it was great in that deck.
0: That's the deck. I... Like people were like, "Oh, John," and I'm like, "I don't see playing this in John. I really, really don't." Yeah, right? but they've
1: tried. They've tried that before. People have put like Birds of Paradise and Double Hierarch in their John deck. Not...
0: It's yeah. not Deathrite Shaman. Like, that was a completely different thing. Deathrite Shaman is, like, an actual Planeswalker. It's yeah. more than a mana creature. It can kill your opponent and it, you can get value off of it. W-
1: when, you, when you cascade into Deathrite Shaman, you're happy. When you cascade into this card, you're not.
0: You want to flip the table. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, That's the difference. Yeah. I, the Jun Sacrifice deck, I think, is, like, uh, a quiet deck that, like, probably wasn't really a thing, and then all of a sudden could be very scary in yeah. this format. And,
1: and maybe there's, like, you know kiki cord decks that want this that like are colored differently than they have been in the past maybe like i i, I don't know They're like this you know this is just one of the best cards in the set it's not remotely close it's 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 going to be in both our top eight lists uh and it's going to see a ton of play
0: nah fuck jund <laughs> but no i'm just joking sorry sorry Jund guy
1: and I'm, I'm you know i'm just excited just if you know how much i love mana creatures
0: yeah. Also, sorry, Jun guy and girl. Uh, you have to get four of these foil. I don't make the rules. That's just how it is.
1: I I want to what what I want to see is the deck that plays eight hierarchs and just has so much exalted. You are just like always attacking with one creature. Like a plus
0: seven, it's like a nine nine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just gigantic. All right, this other card is another one drop that got people pretty excited, and there has been a lot of discourse on this card. Um, this is Dragon Rage Channeler. It's a one red one one. Uh, There's another one drop as well that we'll talk about in a minute, but uh, these got previewed together. This one is a creature uh, human shaman, and it says whenever you cast a non-creature spell, a non-creature spell, surveil one. And this matters because this has delirium, you know, uh, an ability we haven't seen in a long time. Where it says, as long as there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard, this creature gets plus two, plus two, has flying, and has to attack every turn, if able. So here's the big thing. A lot of people immediately were like, this is Red Delver Secrets, right? Because it's like a three power flyer for one mana. And it has that kind of feel to it, right? I see where they're going with this comparison. It is not. You can't make this thing flip in the same way that Delver does. Like you have to... Once Delver hits the board, you don't actually have to like put any more resources into it. Like you're not like magically trying to make your, you know, graveyard have four different things. You're just trying to reveal the top card of your library, which is most of your deck anyway, right? And so each of them goes a different way. On like on like what it takes to reveal them. Um it's not blue, which which is a big deal. And I actually think it's better in modern is being not blue. Because you can you can play this in like the more aggressive shells, right? Yeah, you can play it in
1: prowess decks. You have Mishra's bauble yeah. as an extra card type and a way to immediately survive with it. Uh, yeah, you know, fire. All, all that stuff, like Lava Dart, you know, it's easy to get lands in the graveyard. Uh, like, this card is interesting to me, and I, and there are gonna be games when it looks really, really good, but there's also gonna be games where it's a one mana, one one for three turns, or games where you get, you cast it and it gets Lava Darted. Like, yeah. w- secretly, one of the reasons that Prowess is so good is that Soulscar Scar Mage and Swift Spear have two toughness. I'm yes, not, like, do exactly. people realize this? Like, that's really important. <laughs> If they, now, if they were both had one toughness, the deck would be completely unplayable. Yeah.
0: Now, I will say this. I actually think that's possible this is a better legacy card than it is a modern card. Because you don't have Lava Dart, right? Not every deck plays ways to kill a one drop. And I think that is one thing that you've seen in the past with Delver decks is it's never had... Well, when it had DRS, it had the eight one drops that were just absurd. And do you remember how powerful that deck was when, like, I just always had a good creature on one. I either had Delver or Seekers or I had Deathrite Shaman in my, in my opening hand every game. So this can get you up to that, like, eight one-drop thing that you want to do or, like, seven or whatever. I don't like the idea of adding a whole bunch of more non-blue cards to the deck. Again, you probably have to change your deck up a tiny bit, Right. But it might not be that hard. It's the fourth card type is going to be the problem, I think, because you can get instant, sorcery, and land into your into your uh, graveyard pretty easily in those decks. The fourth type, like guaranteeing getting a creature or whatever, is going to be more difficult. But you do have surveil, uh, tacked yeah, onto this card. Yeah,
1: type. like cha- like the channeler itself helps helps fuel it. But you just mm-hmm. need like I think you just need Bobble. because then you have the the extra card type that's just so, in your deck.
0: So, and if you're doing that, you're just playing Luris at this point, which.
1: Yeah, see, I don't think this is a Delver card. Like, this is, yeah. this is a card that you want to be playing on your main phase with. You don't want to be playing Days and Force of Will, you know, if you don't have to. This is, this is a Prowess card more than a Delver card, and those are two very different decks. Um, and the issue is, like, it's pretty, it, it's, and uh, so, th- that's the problem for it in Legacy, whereas it, 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 you, you know, in Legacy, you need to be playing Days and Force of Will. And so you just need to be playing the Delver style and not the main phase prowess style. But in modern, it being one toughness is a huge liability. So in both cases, there's a strength and a weakness. Yep. And yep. It, it, if it had two strengths in one of the formats, then I'd be excited. But it's, it's yep. it seems to me like it's going to be mediocre in both.
0: And that's, that's what I was going to go to. Cause I remember, you know, you were asking me before the show, you were like, do, do you think this card is good in like legacy or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm not 100% sure, and I think this is going to be the card that I am most likely to be wrong on, right? Where I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure, this is it, and then it like just becomes a staple, right? like It's possible that it happens, a new kind of kind of deck happens. I saw some discourse around this where people were like, well, if this card's good, we can finally ban Delver of Secrets, which I think is just absurd. But anyway, like just don't ban me from the format, please. But <laughs> anyway, um, this, is, this card's interesting. I like cards like this. I like that they're pushing more cards like this. It's really cool. I think it could be very powerful, so we'll have to see. Yeah, We're going to see some people construct decks in some strange ways with this. It, it could and, end
1: up playing better than I think it will because, you know, sometimes you you just, you know, I, it depends how quickly you can assemble Delirium.
0: Yeah, What's the name of the black-green creature that, like, has Delirium? It's a 4-4 that Brennan loved. Grim,
1: uh, um, Grim... So,
0: Hunter or something like that, something, something with hunting, whatever it was. But like, there's some people I'm sure they're gonna try to jung decks with that, and I think your deck just is like too bad against Prowess or whatever. Like, can can we play like a Dreadhorde Arcanist deck with this? I mean, I'm not saying you can't. It sounds pretty good to me. That deck is kind of grindy though. It's not really interested in a one mana three three flyer. Yeah, but, like, it, it's pretty cool, right, the way that they work with each other, because, like, you can cast a spell to do something, and then you're, like, I can Surveil the spell into my yard to act, you know, to, like, attack of my Archidus, because that's the spell that I want to bring back this turn. Yeah. You know, type thing. So, like, there, there's some cool synergy there, you know, yeah. for sure. Um, Surveil and Archidus work really well together, you know. Um, The problem is, is, like, again, you're probably not good against Prowess. You're not as fast as Prowess as at killing other decks, so it's, like, you need to be better at a lot of other matchups and, and you're not trying to be that prowess. fast you're
1: trying to be interactive
0: and, but you get what i'm saying like you need you need to have reasons like it's like me being resilient and playing a longer game is that better in enough matchups that i don't play prowess instead does that make sense what i'm trying to say there like yeah yeah, yeah. like when you're when you playing a deck like that you need a reason to be playing that version of the deck versus another one that might just be a better version of your deck like
1: yeah. the, this to me is a is a classic card where the, the sum of its parts are quite good and if the, if yeah. it ever found a suitable home, it would be a very good card, but this, the, it's parts work in a very strange way where there's always a part of the card that you're not that interested in. Like, you know, if you're, you're either like this low to the ground, fast, aggressive deck and you're interested in putting in some work to have a one mana 3-3 three, three flyer. But in those decks, you're not, you're probably not going to take advantage of the trigger well, which means you're, not going to be able to put in the work to make it a 3-3 flyer consistently enough to put it in your deck. Or you're going to have decks that really take advantage of the surveil, but then you're not really interested in working to make a 3-3 flyer. So I'm I'm not sure there's a deck that really maximizes what this card is doing. And I do think a theoretical deck that does that, you know, would be a really good home for it and it would be a a powerful card, but it's just a very difficult card to maximize.
0: No, 100% agree with you um a couple other cool cards are you, were you done talking about that? Yeah. This one? A couple other cool red cards got previewed as well. Um I think this one's sweet. This is an interesting card. I I can see this baby is like a sideboard card, but I don't think it's as good as people think it is with Obsidian Charmaw. Sounds like a pokemon to me, but it's uh three red red for a dragon that's a 4/4. Four, four. It's this spell costs one less to cast for each land your opponent produce uh, your opponent controls that could produce uh the colorless mana thing. It's got flying, obviously as a dragon. And then when it enters the battlefield, it destroys target non-basic land and opponent controls. So people are like, oh, it kills Tron, it kills Tron. I'm like, yo, this card's fucked up, but here's the problem. You can't cast it before they tap for seven mana.
1: Yes, unless you can. you're
0: unless you're cheating on mana. So I'm like, no, if they have three lands at play, they've they've tapped for for, but, for but seven if, mana. You
1: you can on the play. If you're okay. on the play, you get to three mana when they have two lands and you can cast it and blow one up.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, works. so it works yeah.
1: on the play. It does not work on the draw unless you have a noble hierarch, which you do. <laughs>
0: Or you could play, uh, you know, Assembly Spur guide's band now, right? Correct. Right. So, so you can't. Yeah. See, you could can play the the two mana make three mana red card, but that's like pretty all in. You can just play Blood Moon at that point, which is better. Exactly. Probably, like
1: but... my issue is like the decks that would want an effect like this are the decks that already have a great Tron matchup and don't need to sideboard yeah. it. Like yeah. it's it's the the Gruul Land Destruction deck. Like they're playing Blood Moon and mm-hmm. Stone Rain, and they can't main deck this over those because they, you can't cast this consistently for three mana. Okay. Um, so. Yeah, like it, you know. I think there were situations like five years ago where this would have been a really welcome sideboard card against Tron
0: yes. for a lot of decks, yeah.
1: but those days are gone.
0: And like the cool thing about it is, is like it's it's also a win condition, right? Like, you know, you're you're disrupting them, but you're also putting a four four flyer into play, which is a big deal, you know, kind of thing for cheap. So th- that's where like it could possibly. Yeah, maybe you're um,
1: interested in this as like a cord target in some decks.
0: Now, uh, the next red card we want to talk about is pretty cool because this is a reprint into modern. And this is a card that I do think has a chance of showing up quite a bit, and that's Flame Rift. And this is something people talked about for a while, that this could show up in Modern. This is a card that could be okay. You know, Patrick Sullivan is a, is a big fan of this type of card. It's one of the red sorcery. Flame Rift deals four damage to each player. So this is a card that, you know, gets around stuff, like, you know, you have, you have Hexproof or whatever, you can't be targeted, things like that. It's a symmetrical effect, but it's four damage for two mana, which is very, very good. And if Burn makes a comeback, this is a card that you could see, like, it just finding a home in that deck right away.
1: Yeah, so I think on the surface, yes, you would certainly consider it. And I've thought about it, and ultimately I've come to the conclusion that I don't think I would want to put it in most modern Burn decks. At least, like, I I wouldn't want to take the way the modern Burn deck looks now, cut four of four two-mana cards, and add four Flame Rifts. There's no card that I think Flame Rift is is better than. I think six years ago, when they were main decking Skullcrack consistently, I would have much rather have, have had Flame Rift. Now you might be saying, well, "Well, why is that? Because this card is a staple in Legacy burn, and you know Legacy is a more powerful format, so presumably the card you know transfers well to Modern." But that's not actually true. The main difference between Legacy and Modern is that Modern has a lot more creatures and a lot more aggression. You know, Legacy has a lot more just early disruption and Dazes and wills and stuff like that. So your life total is under much less duress in Legacy than it is in Modern, and you know. And that makes Flame Rift much better in Legacy than it is in Modern. So the way the metagames work, the way the formats work is what changes the value of the card. That said, there are two cards with which Flame Rift pairs quite beautifully. And they are Death Shadow and Scourge of the Skyclaves.
0: And I do like that idea.
1: So we, this happened, we, we literally like, you know, I almost brewed a full deck on versus live. It's missing a card. I got to do a, a, you know, Scryfall search to see if such a card exists. Or a card that would work, but I'm thinking like a burn deck that is Rakdos based, so you still got Laris as a companion, that plays Swift Spear, Goblin Guide, Death Shadow, and Scourge as its creature base. Those are 16 okay. creatures. And you you obviously play like a ton of fetches and shocks. But you play Bump in the Night, Lava Spike, Lightning Bolt, Flame Rift. So you have six, those 16 creatures, those 16 burn spells, four Mishra's Bauble because you're a Laris deck. And there's, you, you have four other slots. I'm playing 20 lands. And I've got to figure out what fits into those slots because I don't want to play the other Death Shadow cards. I don't want to play like, uh, Thought Seize. You want to play Fatal or, or, yeah, I don't want to play like Disruption because we're a burn deck. You know, we, we're not interested in really trading one for one. And I would love to just play Street Wraith, but you can't do that with Laris. And it might turn out that this deck just doesn't needs to play Street Wraith and you can't play Luris, which would make the deck much worse. So I've got to look to see if there's something else that can work in that slot. Like maybe mutagenic growth, but like mutagenic growth is awkward because it doesn't um like it it, it doesn't really help you cast uh shadow.
0: the Death shadows unless yeah.
1: you have yeah. another creature, which is you know right. uh but like maybe you just end up playing like Gutshot. Like that's that's the kind of stuff that you have to resort yeah, to. Maybe. And honestly, like, at that point, if you have that many free spells, you might just play, like, 19 lands and play, like, a Shard Volley. I don't know. Uh, but that's where I think Flame Rift has some potential in enabling uh, Death Shadow and Scourge of the Sky Claves. I just don't... I because don't it, think... It
0: literally deals... It deals 8 damage when you have a Shadow in play. Yeah. Like, when you cast Flame Rift, cause it's like, deal 4 to you, deal 4 to me. My Shadow's 4 bigger now. Like... Yeah. You know what I mean? it's, 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 like, technically 8 damage, so...
1: That's a lot of damage. Yeah. So that, to your opponent.
0: I mean, obviously, it's 8 damage symmetrically, but you get what I'm saying, so it's you know, I, I, math hard. Yeah, things. That, that's Sorry.
1: that's where I think that card has has some potential.
0: Um, another red creature got previewed. I wanted to see if you if you thought this was playable. I think it might be too much mana, and too slow for yeah, prowess. I don't decks, think but this is playable. Yeah, the Harmonic Prodigy just for a bit at home. It's one in a red. It's a one three. It has prowess, and if an ability of a shaman or another wizard you control triggers that ability, triggers an additional time. I'm sure people will try this out. I don't see it. I think it's just too slow for some prowess. Monetary
1: Swiss Spear is not a shaman. It's a human monk. Correct.
0: Mm-hmm. and then so,
1: yeah. but soul scar mage is a wizard if that's a thing you're interested mm-hmm. in um so yeah like I, I just don't think this card's good enough maybe yeah. maybe it's cute in some some deck but to me like there's a huge difference between one mana prowess creature and two mana prowess creature
0: yep uh two more cards that are very iconic that are getting printed into modern that have never been here before and i think one of them could actually show up uh mirari's wake and upheaval I can see Upheaval making it into, like, an Urza stack or
1: something. I, I agree. This would be a very different Urza-style deck. When I talked about it with—is uh, it, it just Suspend, the one, the removal spell? Yes. So, like, that Urza kind of— called Suspend, yeah. Yeah, that kind of Urza deck is, like, basically a control deck that utilizes Urza. And what, you up- want to Suspend your own thing and then Upheaval? No, no, no. Um, though that is a neat thing to do. You would probably still play Suspend in this deck. Um, but this version of of an Urza deck that plays upheaval is going to be very proactive, very like all in on cheap artifacts, three or four Mox Amber's. Like that's going to be a key part of, of this kind of deck. So you can generate as much mana as quickly as possible, and you have a low curve of cheap artifacts. I'm not, like, there's got to be like some other payoff somewhere. Size an awkward one because the tokens don't work with upheaval, but upheaval is a ridiculously powerful magic card. Like just ridiculous. Uh, and Urza seems to be like the best way to generate a lot of extra mana for it, but it's a very different style of deck. Uh, I haven't, like, I'm, I'm intrigued by the combo of those two. I haven't thought about it that much. Uh, this is something I'll probably leave to Corey when it comes to verses. Um, I might, you know, look some things up and make some suggestions to him because, you know, Corey misses a lot of cards that are from before his time. So like the first five years of modern, he, he doesn't have the same sort of encyclopedia in his head that I do. Right. Um, so
0: he's uh, not as old as we are. Exactly. So it's, That's it's I was
1: trying to say that in a, a more polite way, but
0: I I just cut right through the bullshit. Yeah, so.
1: I, I don't really see the any other source of additional mana to make upheaval work. But with right. Urza, it seems really cool.
0: So there's a couple other cards in here that are cool. I'm kind of like in a gloss over because I want to get to this card before. Um, You know, I'm trying to make our show super long or day day. I'm trying to get, you know, a lot of the big yeah. cards. And this is one that got spoiled today that I think has a chance to be pretty good. And this one's just Ragavan, uh, Nimble Pilferer. So we've seen Ragavan as a token before in the past, but now we actually get the card Ragavan. It's a legendary creature, monkey pirate. It's one red mana, and it's a 2-1. Uh, whenever it deals combat, to a, combat damage to a player, you create a treasure token and exile the top card of that player's library, until in turn you may cast that card and it also is dash for one of the red for people who don't know what dash is. It's a you can cast the spell for its dash cost. If you do, it gains haste, and then it's returned from the battlefield to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So you can kind of like attack your opponent who has like sorcery speed removal. You know, it plays around like wrath of gods. It's not going to come up too much in modern, but it plays around some removal. Anyway, we're late in the game. You can dash it and like get the ability right away. I have seen probably the widest delta on this card alone that has been spoiled or possibly the widest delta of like from i don't think this is very good to i think this is actually busted you know i've had a lot of people say that this is like the new Dreadhorde arcanist type card and some people are like yo this is jackal pup and jackal pup was like kind of unplayable here's the thing i think this kind of goes back to the other one drop you're talking about i'm i'm not super big on playing creatures that get lava darted in this format right like yeah, it's it, it's not going to be great, especially when they can still tap out and still Lava Dart your thing or gut shot it. And if people are playing this card and they're playing a lot of these like we're seeing a lot of, you know, creatures with one toughness get printed again. If that starts happening, gut shots going to be a card again in the format. And you're going to start getting you're going to start being really, really sad when you like keep a land uh, light hand with a hierarch and you get gut shotted or whatever, you know, and you keep losing all your creatures. But I think this card might be good and playable in Legacy, because here's the thing. It's a good aggressive one costed creature, right? There's some decks that could possibly do this. When you attack your opponent, you get to like remove like if you ever get any of the good one drops or two drops in the format, this card is busted, right? Like if you just get your opponent's brainstorm, you get your opponent's ponder, you get your opponent's delver of secrets, you get your opponent's lightning bolt. You know, I'm just thinking about like that is like 85% of the format is cards you can you can pay off of just the treasure alone. And, and honestly, if you get what I'm trying to say, even
1: here. just the extra treasure tokens that you're getting are going to like turn off all their mm-hmm. dazes. They're going to get you really far ahead. Yeah, I agree. This card seems great in Legacy. I and mean, this card is it's ridiculously powerful.
0: And we were talking about this earlier, and people were like, "Do you think that other card is good in Legacy?" I'm like, "Yeah, I can see it, but like in the back of my mind, I'm like, Yo, I want that monkey. Yo, give me give me the give me the monkey pirate. You know." And this is a card that like you're gonna you're probably gonna see people trying this out in the uh, the Delve strategies and. Like I said earlier, just that plethora of one drops is so important in that deck because it makes days better. You know, it makes Force of Will better. Getting the extra mana off this is huge, too, because you get that one extra cantrip, right? Because here's I mean, the decks are already playing uh, infinite cantrips. And now you're playing even more with expressive iteration becoming like just a staple of the format is like a three or four of. And like having a card like this also makes your late game expressive iterations better in the games where like. You know you're playing against the like if you're playing against like the sorts of plowshare decks right in in legacy where the, you know generally you get four or five mana to play because here's the thing this gives you some value off of your wastelands in that matchup because generally they're not very good right they're usually fetching up basics or you're wastelanding their sixth land which doesn't matter so now a late game expressive iteration can find one of these and then you can just dash it at your opponent right away and get some value, right? Like you can attack them right away. They don't know the creature's coming. You have a bunch of more mana in play. It makes a of better in that instance, right? Like lots of cool things to think about this card. I think this card is very, very good. And I'm a buyer of this card. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm buying this card. Like people are talking about whether it's good or bad or anything like that. Like, and I've seen a lot of the big heads in Legacy talking about this one as well. And that just tells you right then and there that, like, this is a card that you can think of. So this is another one I'm saying, not so sure about in modern, but uh Give me this one. Give me this one in the old school formats.
1: I I think it's powerful enough that I'm playing it in modern. I don't know what in like, but you know, so there there's yes. I I agree that I, I want to avoid playing one toughness creatures in modern because there's so many lava darts around, but there's a certain point where the risk becomes worth it. Where like, if they don't kill this thing agreed, it's going to win the game. And like this card, holy shit. Like that's so much value. Yeah it's uh, i i think this card yeah. is really good and uh, to the point where like most of the time when this i'm looking at my cards card in this i'm thinking like what deck maximizes this card to me this is a card that like just goes into a bunch of decks because it's so individually powerful like, this is a Tarmogoyf,
0: and so i think it's important too to tell people um th- this is not the typical uh card stealing card that we've seen in the past like robber of the rich and stuff like that where like you can spend any color where you get to, to kind of, like, cart blotch your your opponent's spells, but that's why they give you the treasure token. Yeah. It's like you can kind of build up and, and hopefully play that card or whatever, which in, like, Legacy that's probably not going to matter. Like, we're going to reveal their Gristle brand and be like, oh, I'd saved up all these treasure tokens, thankfully. I can cast this Gristle brand now or whatever, right? Like, you're, you're never worrying about, like, the, the mana being too prohibitive. I think it'll, you know, against some of the blue decks maybe, because, like, you might not be able to cast Counterspell or Archmage's Charm, or something like that. And also it's until of turn, so like you need to be casting the card like that turn. But can you imagine like the matchups in which like you're each a similar deck, right? Like you're each a more aggressive tinted red deck. You play this on one and they can't kill it. Or here's the thing if you're playing this deck this card in your deck, right? You're probably playing the prowless creatures, I would think. That's where like I go immediately. It's like, right, you just want the other good one drops, right? Does that make that make sense to you, Ross? Yeah. So you'd probably be playing Mutagenic Growth, right? So like, not only does it kill your opponent faster, but it also protects your creature from Lava Dart. Yeah, like that all makes sense to me, right? So like, I I think this 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 the more I'm I'm convincing myself this might be my number one card now so far.
1: Uh, the card is re- it's it's really good.
0: Yeah, I'm, I mean it's I'm a, it's huge a, fan it's of a it. one mana
1: two one that that does somewhat limit. Like we're we're just keep we keep imagining what happens when you cast the card on turn one, especially when yeah. we're in the play. But like you know. Then you, got, then you imagine, like, what happens when I have three of them in my hand when it's legendary? What happens when I draw it on turn four and my opponent's a creature deck? You know, th- th- there are downsides there. But, like, this is a card that is, like, that ability is worth, you know, working to protect it, working to play your bolts, like, play some removal beside it and find the right balance so that you just kill your opposing blockers. Like, yeah. it, it's really this
0: powerful. Is, this is a card that really makes me excited and wanting to know right now what the red elemental creature is. Oh, because yeah. it's something to do with the extra copies, right? You can pitch the red card to evoke whatever. Like, if, if that thing does damage, like, imagine your opponent just has a blocker in play, and you're like, all right, like, pitch my extra copy of Ragavan yeah. to kill, kill your, your blocker. Stuff, or, connect, flip or th- over your three-drop,
1: yeah. and cast it, because I have all this
0: extra mana, because my removal yeah. spell was free. Just get fucked. Just get literal fucked. Like, yeah. I... The more I'm talking about this card, and the more, like, I'm, because, like, here's the, I didn't get enough time to really digest this, because it's got, you know, spoiled today, and I was, like, watching, you know, Versus Live, I was busy getting attacked by birds, and, uh you know, getting ready for the show, and, you know, I've told you for the last, like, day and a half, I'm actually, I was, re- this is probably the, one of the more exci- excited, this, this might be the most excited I've been for a show since, like, our first couple ones, when we yeah. were doing, like, you know. Cannon has Pioneer messaged me, there,
1: like, four times in the last two days, like, itching to do this. I was super busy yesterday.
0: Yeah. But this if we did it yesterday, we wouldn't have show. had Ragavan. No, agree. But I, I also had a lot of stuff going on, and I've been out of town a lot lately. And I might go out of town again this weekend. I don't know. Like you know, um, I'm like I'm pretty. I'm like more busy than normal. And like you know, you've got your basketball games. I've got my baseball games right now that we don't want to miss if we can avoid it. And so like okay. this was a good window for me. Like it was like right now. So I was like trying to make sure this this happened kind of thing. And, I got you. I got you, boo. Yeah. This card, man. I, I'm all in on Ragavan. Like, let's go uh i need to see what the pre-orders of are this card right now i might just go ahead and just buy three or four of them speaking of which i i might be playing in a paper tournament soon like in a couple weeks and i will be it's a team tournament and i will be the legacy player and i bought magic cards yesterday for it because there's cards that i don't own in legacy and i got really scared for half a second uh because i was you know obviously like e- if i default to a deck unless i play something else if i default to a deck it's going to be the blue red delver deck obviously right and a lot of them are playing um, Ethereal Forager now. And I don't know if you remember me, you and I talked about this card months and months and months ago when it got previewed. It's the, it's the whale with Delve.
1: Yeah. That remember this? rebuys the spells that you delve with it.
0: Yeah. So I remember when it came out, I was, I was like, yeah, I can see somebody playing like one of these in a deck, maybe two, even though like at the time I would not have. Right. Because like you had Dreadnought Arcanist and like, it just gets bolted. Like, you know, it was just, it was too easy. Now Arcanist has gone. Like, it's, it's just a better car. It fits in as, like, a, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's better. It doesn't get killed by the black removal in the set. Like, it doesn't get fatal push and shit. But, uh, so I was, like, I, I meant to buy them in the past, and they were cheap, right? And then I went online to check the price, and I accidentally checked the online price, like the MTGO price, where the car just doesn't exist, and it's, like, $80. And I was, like, oh, no, I really messed up. But, no, the paper ones are still, like, three bucks or something so i was just like okay cool just send, just send me a set of these please like i got those and i got my old school young pyromancers sent to me finally because like it's gonna feel weird to not play the pyromancers i've literally played with for what like seven years now or however you, long they've been out you have
1: enough ross miriam tokens right
0: i do i might need some more i don't worry but i recently like condensed my collection into like you know a couple you know giant boxes so i have to go f- like digging for it so i have to go find them but it'll it'll be okay. I'll okay. I'll find the Ross Marion tokens. So
1: the, there's a couple more cards. I you to when we
0: were to... playing on? Key... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Uh, I just I was trying to move on. So you finish your thing, and then we'll.
0: No, no, no. Go ahead. No, mm-hmm. no, no. Go ahead. Let's do that because we're getting pretty long this. Yeah, year, we're
1: so getting pretty long. There's a couple more cards I wanted to touch on. One of them is Yavimaya. Uh, so basically just Urborg, but for forests.
0: Yeah, I was wondering. Okay, so here's the thing with me with this card. So everybody home. It's a land that comes to play. All lands count as forest. Yeah. The question I have to ask you is. Sell this card to me.
1: So I I don't know yet. I haven't figured out what it works with because it was previewed today while I was doing verses. I'm gonna have to do you know some searching to see if there's something it works with. But you know, oh, at the very least, it'll be see play in the same places that like Urberg sees play in to like allow people to stretch their mana base a little bit with colorless lands and, and stuff like that. Um, but I don't I don't know. You know, I guess like. With with Yavimaya, you can sacrifice um, um, flagstones to Knight of the Reliquary. That's kind of cute. <laughs> um,
0: is is it is it? Well, I think it's, it's a exactly cute. Here.
1: I didn't sell. I didn't say it was good, but it's sure, exactly sure. cute. Sure. I I don't know. Uh, somebody in our chat on versus said like, you know, your elf deck can play avamaya so that you have one elvish champion to like make your team unblockable. Um, it also
0: lets you pick up. It also lets you pick up lands that aren't forest for that card. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, for Quarian Ranger, sure. Like that, you know, I, I, I don't but I, I want to find some synergy where it's like worth playing three or four. I don't know if there is one, okay. but I hope there is. Is it is it legendary? It is, it's just like Urborg is.
0: Okay. So I, like it's it, it's not in English and I haven't clicked yeah, on it. Yeah, there, so there's gonna
1: be a lot of decks that you know just play one because the opportunity cost is low, right? And the, it can occasionally provide some value, and most of the time it'll be a forest. Uh, but I wanna find a deck that wants to play three or four uh i'm not sure what it is i'm not sure if there, if there is one but i will find it and then this, the, is, this is your
0: <laughs> this is your 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 goal coming out this thing, yeah no, it's one of them it.
1: you know i i've I, i've literally been like writing down you know ideas in my head of things to brew so i have decks mm-hmm. for verses and, and whatnot um you know and, and i'll flesh them out as i have time but the last thing i want to talk mm-hmm. about is the domain cards which are pretty cool Okay. the first one that got previewed is scion of draco so this is a 12-mana artifact creature dragon, has domain, the spell costs 2 less to cast for each basic land type among lands you control, has flying, it's a 4-4, four, four. and then each creature you control gains Vigilance if it's white, Hexproof if it's blue, Lifelink if it's black, First Strike if it's red, and Trample if it's green. Now, the what everyone has noticed is that if you fetch for a Triome on turn 1, and then fetch for a Shockland that is the other two colors, you can cast the card on turn 2. So, in, in a lot of spots, it's just going to be a two mana four four flyer that pumps your other creatures in various ways. Um, you know, it, t- it pumps itself. Mm, well, it's not those colors.
0: Oh, it it has okay. okay. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. So I, your your I forget, white
1: creatures yeah. get vigilance, your blue get hexproof, black Lifelink, red first strike, and, and green trample. Um, so, but it's a two mana four four flyer. So it dodges bolt. It's technically mana value twelve. So it dodges push. That's pretty cool. I like cheap creatures that dodge the two common removal spells. So, so just by itself, as a two, as a two mana four for a flyer, I'm I'm intrigued. The obviously awkward part is that these domain decks are usually very aggressive, and so fetching for a triome on turn one is vomit city. That said, I wouldn't be that surprised if like this showed up in some Niv Mizzet decks, and they were just casting this on turn two as a defensive creature or as you know an early threat in in certain matchups. Uh, you know those those decks are certainly happy to fetch for a trial on turn one uh yeah,
0: might see might see tribal flames might have to dust those off yeah
1: so uh you know interesting thing here
0: definitely something i'm gonna try out and i'm interested for that or if like there's also something else in the deck that goes along with this because like like you said it's a good card early to like pressure your opponent or like make sure you survive etc it still costs 12 right so like there's there's ways to make that relevant in this format we've seen it before in the past where like you know, you could do, like, uh, the explosion cards and stuff, and you be like, all right, take 12. There's actually the a new like... version of a radic explosion in this set. E- exactly, and so here's the thing. It's a 4-4 flyer, so, like, if you get to attack with it, that's 16. That's usually enough to kill a deck in Modern. Like, 16 to 17 is, like, the sweet spot, because most decks do about 3 damage to 4 damage to themselves. Yeah.
1: And then uh, they printed another cool domain card, and as I'm scrolling and not finding it... uh, So this is the Kavu...
0: Oh, yeah, yeah here yeah, I got it. Territorial Kavu. Um, so uh, a
1: yeah. green and a red, it's Kavu, has a domain, its power and toughness are each equal to the number of basic land types among lands you control. And when it, whenever it attacks, you choose one. You can either rummage, discard a card if you do draw, or exile up to one target card from a graveyard. Um, so oftentimes, you know, when you think back to the domain aggro decks, which I think a lot of, you know, our listeners probably worn around for the times when these were, you know, this was a sort of staple deck in Extended. This was one of the default yeah. aggro decks. Those decks I were it was often PTQs. Yeah, yeah, they were often four color decks, right? Uh, I remember it, it, it was either you either you didn't play blue or you didn't really play black. Uh, so there were like it was like Naya splash a fourth color, but then you always were had a red Shockland of the fifth color, just so you could pump up Tribal Flames or Gaia's Might the entire way. So if you mm-hmm. and you know when I evaluate along that scale, Territorial Kavu is very often just going to be a two mana four four super dodging bolt that's good um and it's a 2 mana 4/4 that generates a little card selection aggro decks love that or it has a little bit of graveyard hate sweet you know exile your croxa exile you know whatever yeah it's going to do some cool things so interesting I- i'm a, i'm not super high on like domain aggro because i think being that aggressive and just taking your life total away gets a lot more punished these days um, you know, 15 years ago, it really wasn't. So you could pretty easily deal yourself, you know, nine damage on the first three turns of the game consistently and be fine, especially if you were the aggro deck. Uh, that, that's less true now, but getting some really powerful cards here, um, uh, and it, you know, that's definitely something I'm going to be interested in trying out. The one thing that I thought of is obviously if we're fat shocking all over the place, you know, maybe we just want Death Shadow too, and that's great, but Death Shadow and Scion of Draco are not a combo because black gains lifelink and you do not yeah. want your death shadow to have lifelink.
0: <laughs> it just immediately dies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like when I see this card, I think of all those things too. It also makes me think like, if this is a card that's playable and good, I start thinking of Wild Nacatl and Termagoyf Again, like two iconic cards from Modern that have been soft banned, even though one was unbanned. You know what I mean? Like they're just not that played anymore. And you start seeing this and you think of the, the Jund Hierarch and stuff too. And like, I think this is cool that they've given new tools to these like, green red x green red black x decks that are creature decks in the format because we've kind of been missing this deck in modern for like a long time right like the 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 creature deck that here's the thing it is the aggressive deck in a lot of matchups but then when it plays against like prowess or plays against shadow it, it is the mid-range deck so it is like jund you know what i mean like it takes on its different roles and stuff and this card's cool like you know like you said. uh, you know, getting to exile cards from your opponent's graveyard, very relevant. Getting to discard a card for value is very relevant too. Like you get to cycle through your deck a lot faster, find your fetch lands and make sure your creature is as big as possible. I, I think there's a lot to like in this card for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, um like I said, still a little skeptical, but I I'm I'm like you, can you be like slow. I and I think I, I said this on Versus today, is that the one the my major qualm with the current modern metagame is the fact that there's basically only one aggro deck and it's Monastery Swift Spear. There's a couple different flavors of Swift Spear, but if you're, yeah. if you're an aggressive deck in modern right now, that's the only game in town. And I'd like to see the, the modern horizons for, uh, aggro decks expand a little bit. And I'm seeing some ways that we can possibly do that. And I'm a little excited by that, by that prospect. So yeah, like, you know, uh, I would love to see Wild Nacatl be playable in modern because it basically never has.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it was banned for a long time. Like yeah. uh like uh Swift Spear is like Mountain Dew right now. It's like if someone's like, Do you want a mountain dew well, which mountain which of the seventeen good mountain dews do you want? <laughs> you know, like you know, yeah. all that stuff, you know. Like uh Is, so, is it Prowess's Baja yeah, Blast? Definitely, definitely like
1: cool if you're mono red, you're, you're code red that's code red. The the Boros one can be live wire because it's a little bit lighter. Baja Blast is the one that's only at Taco Bell.
0: No, I was going to say, it's funny. I had the Captain America meme for the first two. I was like, I understood that reference. Yeah. I know know the Baja Blast one, but obviously because of Mebo on on Twitter. Yeah. uh, Because of Allison on Twitter. And the Code Red one, that one's been around for, like, quite a while. That one came out when I was was
1: in seventh grade.
0: Yeah, so I was in, like, college. I I remember that.
1: It would have been... It would have been spring of two thousand one. I know I've I had it, and it was it was recent, so it probably came out either late two thousand, yeah. early two thousand one.
0: And like back then, I was still drinking soda and like eating fast food and stuff a ton, which I liked Taco Bell a lot. So like, and I still do. Let's be real. Uh, so because um, Taco Bell is just so good. But I remember seeing options for that and seeing the red Mountain Dew because I I definitely drank Mountain Dew. We should have a fun one day, Ross. If I'm ever hanging around you again, like if we ever get to that stage in life again. And have me drink a Mountain Dew in front of you. <laughs> How do you think I would react? <laughs> like, I don't know, but I'm I'm kind of excited to see. I, I'll tell you this. I'll burp a lot. I know that. The carbonation is going to fuck me up. But, like, I'm already a super energetic, hyper guy, and I do not intake caffeine w- on a regular basis. Oh, like, uh, here's a good one. I went and played poker for the other day. I went out of town and played poker somewhere. And one of the days I was struggling because I played, like, all night one night and, like, didn't get a ton of sleep because the games were so good. I had a cup of coffee the next day and by a cup of coffee, I went and got like a medium iced coffee from Starbucks or whatever, which is like, you know, gigantic. And I drank about half of it. Dude, I felt like I could run a marathon. It was <laughs> unreal. I, I could feel like it, it kind of feels like uh what I assume people feel like when they take like Adderall or something, I felt like everything was slow and my heart was beating at like a hundred miles an hour. Cause like the old, I, I drink green tea every now and then. And that's a, that's about it that gets into my stuff. So, all right. Uh, were there any other cards you want to talk about? I'm sure we're gonna have some more for next week. Yeah, we'll probably th- I have the think whole set by next week.
1: Yeah, we'll probably do our set review show if we if we'll we, we have the entire thing.
0: We'll, we'll we'll do the set review show if we have the entire thing, and then like well we we can also probably do cover the cards that you know like we haven't covered before that that aren't in our top eight as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Hey, we haven't talked about these cards. I think these are pretty good because here's the thing: I don't think making a top eight out of this is going to be difficult. I think there's, I think I've already got eight cards that I think are going to impact like a constructed format of some kind or just so good that I'm like, you know, this is, this card's great. It's, it's amazing for commander, but this is like, you know, just such an iconic card coming out of the set, you know, kind of thing. Yeah.
1: I actually think it's going to be difficult because my list of potentials is going to be 20 cards long as opposed to strict yeah, where my list yeah. of potentials was five cards long.
0: So, what we, could, what we could do is, like, we could also just talk to each other beforehand and try to have, like, a list of 16 cards that we think are going to be, like, the big impactful cards out of this, and then we could just be like, these are our, like, top four that we yeah. think, we'll, like, this is we'll my fig- number we'll figure, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Because I think this set is going to be very deep, very cool, very playable. The one thing that saddens me at looking at all this is I'm probably never going to get to really play limited in the set, because it's, it's so prohibitive to play limited for, like, the the queues don't fill they're extremely expensive like you can't do this in real life most of the time and it looks really cool for limited like there's like a bunch of the sub you know themes and stuff or like decks that I really like and stuff like that like there's a bunch of really cool things going on also you can it has that feeling that um, Strixhaven had where you can open a pack and you're gonna have a card that's technically not in the set in your pack and so like 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 the first time I got blown out by lightning bolt in Strixhaven or like God's willing, you know, some kind like that card's not actually in this set. What the fuck, you know, kind of thing. It's cool, but anchoring at the same time. So like it, it creates fun environments and stuff like that. So, but I'm super excited about the set. Um, I'm trying to decide how much money I want to spend on it. Like, do I want to buy a bunch of boxes? Do I want to buy singles? Because, you know, there's always the, 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 the investment end of this as well. So we'll see what all that happens, but I think that's going to do it for us this week. We're not going to do any of the excess stuff. We'll catch up on that another time because the show's already been so long. Um, but make sure you check out our sponsor, Barrister and Man on bearsternman.com. Lots of cool stuff going on over there. We'll give them the quick pitch today. Uh, use code Rants for 15% off. Uh, make sure you check them out. Lots of really, really cool stuff on that site. Uh, I actually just yeah. got a new shipment G- in there. Good other shaving day. stuff. Good soaps. Yeah, I got I got uh, the, the shaving stuff that I like. Uh, I got a shipment of all that in a different... Uh, scent and it's like noticeable, it's it's pretty sweet. I'm, I'm excited. So, nice. uh, those are my what, favorite products. So, what it? Do you remember? Oh, God, I can't think of the name. Like, I knew you were going to ask, and I, I just like, man, I shouldn't have brought this up because I forgot. We'll put it the in the, the show
1: name, notes. So. Tannen will check and he'll let our sure. lovely editor Brent know. It'll be in the show notes. Sure.
0: Speaking of that, that's one of the reasons I want to end the show now is I don't want Brent to be really pissed at us for having too long of an episode. Brent, we're sorry. We love you. Uh, everybody listening at home, we also love you, and we'll see y'all next week.